Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. You betcha. In fact, the mail this morning says uh, it's doggone amazing weather for the next few days. And I'm happy to say that it could well be the case that the papers are going to get it right for a change when they talk of that. It's not a mini heat wave or anything like that. It's just sunshine. So don't get overly excited. Uh, but hopefully it'll hold wed for, well for the uh, Ed Sheeran gigs at Porky Queef as well. So sun lovers and their dogs, apparently, uh, photographed in the papers today and joining the sunshine uh, over the weekend. Story making the front of the Irish Times today. And many will be asking the question. Why couldn't this have been done all along and why did it take a war in Ukraine uh, for government departments and agencies to react so quickly and move so swiftly? Well, the story in the, in the, in the Times this morning says that vacant social homes will be brought back into use for Ukrainian refugees and they're going to have a new cross-department task force set up and be established to oversee the long-term uh, response. So we got a cross-department task force that we never had in the past to deal with anything to do with the housing crisis, and we have uh, vacant social homes brought back to use uh, for Ukrainian refugees. And apparently this has happened in the past, apparently. They've already managed to uh, put um, 6,000 such homes back to life over the past two years. God only knows how many of them they are. there are left um, if they've already managed to uh, reinvigorate uh, and put back on, I was going to say on the market, but it wouldn't go on the market. It would go to people on housing lists, 6,000 of them. So the vacant ones now uh, for room for uh, Ukrainian refugees. And the Taoiseach Michal Martin has said that there will be no cap on the amount of refugees that will be able to come into the country. Won't put a cap on the refugees and they're doing everything they can to assist them fleeing the country. Um, also, you talk about um, political parties or indeed, you know, political willpower. Uh, the French election has come to a close with Manuel Macron um, Macron, I should say, holding power. Um, mind you, the gap between him and the National Rally Party, as in uh, Marie Le Pen, is getting tighter and tighter all of the time. He got 58% of the vote and she got 42% of the vote. They call it uh, um, the anti-immigration party, uh, the leader of the National Rally Party. Uh, so Emmanuel Macron back in power, but certainly it would seem an ever-increasing amount of uh, disquiet and anger and disharmony in France. Um, uh, they really will need to be uh, very vigilant going forward because a lot of people in France talk about immigration issues that have caused an awful lot of problems, particularly in the, in the south of France. And unfortunately, we saw that uh, in Nice with the horrific attack that led to uh, so many people dying on the promenade d'Anglais. Um, 27,000 appointments have been cancelled in our five hospitals across the county of Cork. That's the story that makes the front page of this morning's echo. Anything to do with health these days makes for very grim reading, including the front of the mail where women are being told you're going to have a four-year wait for cancer surgery. It's a scandal, really, when you think of it. And the mail says women with cancer-causing genes are being told to expect to wait for up to four years for any kind of life-saving surgery. In fact, some consultants are telling women that they should go abroad to get tests done. Um, At least that might speed up the process and shorten the wait. Uh, Another death of an Irishman overseas. uh, This is a a Cork man uh, who was in his mid-40s, punched and kicked to death after interrupting an attempt to steal his belongings as he slept on a on a Malaga beach. I was telling you about that story um, some weeks, well, maybe about a week or ten do- days ago. It's a big gar- police investigation in Spain into this now because they've now remanded a man in custody for the brutal murder 
of that homeless homeless corkman on the Costa del Sol, and that's a story that makes the star today. If you ever go down around uh, Spain or the southern coast of Spain or France, you will see people uh, living on the beach, uh, and uh, literally that is their home, the beach where they where they sleep at night and uh, hang around in groups or might eat or unfortunately many of them have addiction problems. If you heard in the news there a while ago, it was a fellow who um, uh, did a runner uh, following a robbery on the main street in Ballincollig. He left the scene in a taxi with the stuff that he uh, with stuff that he robbed, a business premises in the main street, threatened the staff and what have you and left in a left in a taxi um, following a search, the guardie arrested a man and uh, a property from him. It's an interesting way to make a getaway from a robbery, isn't it? In a taxi. Uh, and a lot of stories continue to dominate the papers regarding the Green Party, obviously, and often it's all to do with turf. One of the papers this morning, Eamon Ryan says that the elderly will not be sifting through their grates to look for little embers to burn. But at the same time, they're saying that bur- the ban on turf will continue to go ahead. I think the Green Party are looking for a, uh, an out on this. I think if they could reverse out of this, they'd be quite happy to do so because the Independent this morning says we're not going to stri- restrict people selling small numbers of bags of turf to their neighbours. So which is it like? Uh, how are you going to police that? Also, how are you going to sort out the NCT weights? Um, uh, they say that it's anywhere in the region of 20 to 22 days now for an NCT appointment. I can tell you, having gone through it myself recently, it can be a lot longer than that. Um, but there are something like 22,500 cars now on waiting lists for NCT appointments. And they're saying, like as an example, if you're waiting for an NCT, which expires at the end of July, you'd need to be applying for it now. All right. And Dennis Murphy of Blackwater Motors says that car dealerships and garages are ready and waiting to pick up the slack on this and that they should be allowed to issue safety certs for cars amid concerns over the uh, wait time for an NCT. But I believe that if you have made an application for an NCT test, you're covered from the point of view of the rules of the road and Garda Shikana traffic or speed checks or any kind of car check if you have the appointment. So you're okay to go on that one. And the papers also talk of Garda over the weekend and Cork Bio picked up on this was originally story from the journal where a court guard is currently out of action after being stabbed uh, last month in an incident in Douglas. The guard responded to a domestic violence alone um, and uh, suffered injuries to the hand having been stabbed in the hand during the incident. Now an armed unit arrived shortly afterwards and a, and a man was detained but the guard went on his own, um, and uh, I, I say on his own, I, I probably shouldn't even say that, because I don't know whether it's male or, or female guard. So the guard went alone and was uh, stabbed while answering that domestic violence. And the reason I mention that is because it's a shocking situation in its own right. But also there are problems in Douglas, uh, the 26,000 uh, person suburb of Douglas. It's a crisis point, according to the journal. And I t- touched on this some months ago. The journal are saying the reason there aren't enough um, guardi in the Douglas area or the, re- the reason the guarder responded to the violent domestic and got stabbed and responded alone single guard was because um, the problems of policing in Douglas are exacerbated by the fact that there's guard security outside Mihal Martin's home uh, and it's been there since he was elected Taoiseach and at least one Garda and at least one Garda car has to be posted outside the Taoiseach's house 24 hours a day. So that's of interest. Your thoughts on that? Welcome. They're building the stage for Ed Sheeran uh, down at Parky Cueve and the Echo carries some photographs. A massive rig actually. It's a huge event and of course he played Croker last night uh, and uh, maybe you saw the video saw the footage of it. Uh, maybe you were there um, for the gig. It certainly looked fantastic. Great light display at it. Dogs attacking people. 
attacking each other and attacking children makes this morning's independent as well. The latest one is a, bull, a Staffordshire Bull Terrier attack on a young lad called Darrell. Uh, he was, he's a 12-year-old, got 150 stitches to his face and was lucky to escape alive. I hope he's young enough for his skin to 100% heal so there'd be no scarring. But the scars are just shocking. Um, it's upsetting and frustrating uh, says the parents, how dogs are being let off leashes uh, around their, this home that Darren lives in, his own family home, suffered severe injuries when he was just out and about playing with his pals. He is making a good recovery, but God knows it's not the first nor the last. There have been dozens of attacks by dogs reported every single year in this country, uh, and it's an ever-growing problem. And if you want to solve a problem with regards to your uh, domestic bills and your utility bills, I mean, it's as plain as the nose in your face when you think of it. What do you, what do you think are the three things that generate huge amounts of power in the home. Well, one is the kettle. The second is the toaster. And the third, now there are others, but I'm just picking three. The third is the tumble dryer, which really and truly generates huge amounts of energy and heat and costs you a fortune every time you tumble, lumble, lumble, lumble. Um, So if you ever go, like, you know, certainly in our house, you walk past the tumble dryer, see one item of clothing. What is there one item of clothing doing that? No, well, you see, I need it tonight or I'm going out and I wanted to dry it. Mother of God. Anyway, there's no need to be using tumble dryers anymore well in the short term anyway maybe across May June July August and September because you should be hanging everything out in the line Cork's number one talk show The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM Yes indeed you can text 0868104106 pick up the phone on 0818104106 and away we go lots to do between now and midday just a fast one because people's heads are fried and wrecked and of course schools are back so <laughs> the quietness of the last two weeks on our roads all gone, lads. All gone. Rory, good morning. Morning, Neil. How's it going? What's the story down in the Jack Lynch tunnel? What? I'm a father from under the collar, no, I'd say, along with another couple of hundred or a thousand other drivers, I'd say. A thousand um, drivers? Heading south, head, heading northbound on the South Inc. Road heading towards the tunnel. Neil, I was at the text, I was at the Tesco car park opposite it on the motorway at uh, 20 to 9. I am now literally, I am now literally just gone past the Bluefield Interchange. Is there any chance you could get on to this? I they, see they the queues. I see the queues. But they're, they're yeah. moving very slowly, though, Rory. They're, not, they're, they're moving slowly on our direction. They're not moving slowly coming towards me, heading east or heading westbound. They're moving, they're moving no problem. Neil, can you get on to the tunnel management and find out why it's happening so constantly? It happened, it's happened, happened three or four days last week, over high vehicles. The sign and the barriers are too close to the tunnel. Well, hang on a second. What's actually happened? Uh, on, on the news, on the news channel this morning, it said overheight. The sensors went off. Sensors went off for an overheight vehicle, so the barrier closed. So the oh. tunnel closed. Oh right. I mean, what? Can, it happened and... two or three days. It happened two or three days last week. And so is... I was behind. Me, me, I, I'm in a small truck, right? I was behind. I won't mention the company, but I was behind a recycle truck carrying scrap metal about three weeks ago. And a lump of a lump of scrap was just sticking up. And he was about 50 yards in front of me. And when he passed the barrier, after the man slip road, when he passed the barrier, the sensor went off. Overhide vehicle, diverse, overhide vehicle, diverse. But he was gone past the barriers. And he went into the tunnel. No, he didn't catch anything because it was only a small... But hold on a second. When an, overseas, when an oversized vehicle hits that road, 
a sensor goes off and the barrier comes down at the tunnel, does it? It comes down a couple of years before the tunnel so you can divert up the slip road and okay. go over the tunnel and back off. But at this particular stage, the truck was actually at the barrier when the signs started flashing and he just proceeded on through. And he managed to get stuck. through the tunnel, I did he? Stuck. I got He went through. He, I saw him going through. I got stuck because the barrier came down to about three or four cars in front of me. The barrier came down and I, I had to stop. But it's happening constantly. How long did the barrier stay down then? Uh, they stood on for about 12 minutes, 10, 12 minutes. Okay, and that means the traffic bills way back. You saw, you saw it on the cameras this morning. It's, yeah. back, it's back over the Kinsale flyover. Yeah, well... You're looking at it, you're looking at it on the traffic cameras there, and it, it's, it's just, there's no movement. It's slow and enough, all right. Moving. I've got a camera here in front of me, which is the just there by uh, the slip for Rochestown, and it's slow, but it is moving. But it was stationary for a long time, was it? Seriously, for over half an hour, and I'd imagine as I so. said, I was at I, I was off to the Tesco's. I was off to Tesco's car park when I was on fire there a few, uh, few years back. Yeah. I was off to that Tesco's at 20 to 9, and I'm at the Man's Slip Road now, and it's 20 past 9. Oh, my God. That's hardly any movement at all. And what what would solve, what would solve this? Like, when, when this... I mean, uh, are vehicles that are too big are trying to use the tunnel, is it? If they dug the tunnel deep enough for staying in... <laughs> They're not the same as the Dublin Four Tunnel. If they, if they went deep enough with it to allow for high vehicles going through. How high can Look some of the vehicles be? Look at the amount of high vehicles that, that go up over and Summer Hill, up over Mayfield and back down. Yeah, but ultimately it's the guy driving or whoever is driving the high vehicle needs to not use the tunnel, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Politically correct, like yeah, how many can read the signs? Well, in English. Oh, oh, you think they can read the signs? <laughs> well, they can. English drivers can read the signs. <laughs> 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 you know, the sign I, comes up in one language. Over the uh, sign comes up in one language. Over high vehicle diver. That's it. Well, you think it should be coming up in multiple languages for people who don't speak? It should need every second driver is a is a non-national. I don't, non-national has any has anybody damage. ever hit the roof of the tunnel? No. You can see the damage to the roof of the tunnel when you're going into it. Can you? You can see the chips out of it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Next to the two, next to the two arrow signs, there's there, there's the signs that flash, the arrow signs that flash red, indicating um, you can't drive like an ass. If you look at the concrete, you will see that there's chunks taken off. I'll be darned! I never, I never heard of that. And how long? It's, has this got very bad recently, or has it always been the barrier coming down, or what? Because we, 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 we had about three of them last. We had about three of them last week. All right, nightmare for people. Nightmare for people. Anyway, um, there was. Get, get there was the find out why the why the signs are inadequate, like you know. Where would you be, Where would you put the signs then? Put them back by the man cliff road. Yeah, yeah. I was just reading here from the back end of March where a lorry got stuck in the tunnel. Exactly, that's one of them. Actually got stuck because it was too high. In the tunnel, yeah. All right, my man, so you're moving now. <laughs> we're moving slowly, and we're moving like I'm still in second gear, like it's just not, you know... Well, we just have to move, you hit the brake again. Like, and then yeah, we no, move, I'm getting the a text here, stuck in traffic because the oversized truck in the Jack Lynch tunnel wants to know why it's happening, why it keeps happening, why it keeps happening over and over. Let me get to line three. Yeah, let me get to line three. Thank you for that, Rory, as always. Thanks, Pam. Morris, good morning. 
Okay, do you want to pick up on this? It, Mar- Rory yeah. says three times last week it came down. Yeah, since they did these roadworks, I'm not sure when. It's the last month at least, anyway. The um, the sensors have been lowered by about six inches. Um, I know this because we used to go through there with uh, high double-deck trailers. And um, they're setting off the sensors now and they give you a rage number and everything. But you're still clear to drive through. You know, it's at the same height, just the sensors have been lowered. But hold on a second. It, it, they've ro- lowered the sensor by six inches and, and, and the signs flash, do they? Yeah, it picks up on your number plate and puts it up on the screen and, uh, you know, you feel like a right criminal. What, and <laughs> what, where, the, where are these screens? Are they on the approach to the tunnel? They are and they're coming down the motorway as well. And what did the sign say? Divert. You know, there's a little slip road just before you get to the tunnel. Okay, and are the oversized trucks that have been alerted to divert, are they diverting? Um, A lot of them are, um, but a lot of them know, like they've been through them over the last few years. And uh, the tunnel tunnel height hasn't changed, you see. Okay, Um, so they've decreased the sensor six inches down, so the alerts are going off more, and then... Uh, vehicles are ignoring it, high-sided vehicles, oversized trucks, and the barriers are coming down. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. Well, the barriers don't always come down. They are um, coming down three, four times in the last week. They came down this morning. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the reason, you know, um, um, because trucks have been going through there with years with uh, the same height. Yeah, so um, it's the six inches is making all the difference. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. We'll see if we can get clarification from the Road Safety Authority or whoever controls the tunnel. Thank you for that, Morris. Cheers. Uh, what you don't want is a serious accident. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. An interesting email at uh, the back end of last week from uh, George that I shared online, actually. And he says, I'd be interested to know how people are chastising their kids these days. Is a slap still a threat? Or are kids actually getting slapped anymore? Growing up, I got plenty of slaps across the arse or the back of the legs, always from my mother, and the threat of the wooden spoon. Oh, my God. I don't think it done me any harm. So how do people keep kids in check these days? Is the phone being confiscated? The internet being turned off? Is it a case of the carrot over the stick, i.e. rewards for being good, none for being bold? When all is said and done, kids need to be thought to behave in a respectful manner uh, and not to be brats. Um, I wonder how people listening to your program discipline their child. Well, I hope uh, by not slapping them, to be quite honest with you, George, by not laying a finger on them, whether it's with their hand, their fist, the back of their hand, or as you said, the threat or the use of a wooden spoon or a slipper or anything like that. God knows there was enough of that went on uh, back in the old generations, including my own, not just at, in home, but also, unfortunately, in schools. Um, I got a slap and it did me no harm. I grew up loving and respecting my parents. This is why some kids run riot on their parents. There are no boundaries anymore. One or two more texts. There are multiple ways to teach a child to respect you and your authority. Slapping or beating them is not acceptable. The old argument, if it didn't do me any harm, does not justify physical or mental violence towards a child. I find it abhorrent. One final one. We have learned nothing from Will Smith, have we? Slapping is an emotionally charged reaction that is fueled by an emotional response. Manage your own emotions and you will succeed in mastering the ripple effect 
of a positive reaction to a negative fuel situation. Um, mind you, there's a very short text here that says that a tap on the rear does no harm. Um, and there's many more of these, and you can text your own thoughts on it. Text 0868104106. M. In just recently, actually, the laws across the uh, United Kingdom were updated. So Scotland and Wales now, uh, there's now a legal ban on smacking children. In England and Northern Ireland, there is not. And of course, we do know that here in the Republic, it, it is illegal uh, to slap a child and has been, I believe, since, since around uh, 2015. So I do have calls on this and texts as well, but I just want to chat, chat first to Bethany O'Reardon because she doesn't have much time uh, and she's a psychotherapist who uh, actually is very much across this topic of conversation has been for some time. Bethany, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Looking at, just a quick look at the responses by text and Facebook and things like that. Certainly on Facebook, the vast majority of people who got in touch are very much anti-slapping. So at least that's a positive, right? Yeah, I think so. But I think even the person who um, emailed you in, I think it's good that they're questioning it because no parent is ever born uh, into parenting knowing what to do. And we really only know what to do with a parent when we kind of do the wrong thing and we think, oh, that wasn't great. I wouldn't do that again. So I'm not condoning violence towards children, but I think it's really good to have a discussion around it because people can only parent how they were parented. And it's very hard to learn a new way unless you can have a discussion yeah. about it. It sounds to me as if he might be struggling as to how he should handle. Maybe his child or children are at an age where, you know, they need some discipline. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the really hard thing in parenting, there's two things going on. Like for the parent, your body and your brain remembers all your childhood experiences, right? So if you're talking to your four-year-old, your brain is also releasing a memory of how you were treated at that age. So when I read the, the email from your listener, that's what I thought. I thought, oh, wow, he's remembering um, on that really deep level, being hit or being chastised in that way when he was a child, yeah. and, and 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 now they're feeling stuck. Yeah. And I get that. I get yeah. that. But it wouldn't be the case for everybody, though. I mean, I, I was slapped as a child, both at home and fairly badly beaten in, in school. But I ne- I never slapped nor hit my children. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's really great. Then isn't no, I'm, it? I'm not looking for applauds or um, anything. I'm just saying I didn't. Um, Surely, surely it should follow that I would because I was, no? No, I think, you see, adults are in this lucky position that we have choice and children aren't in how they behave because their brains are developing. So, you know, as an adult, I can feel an emotion. I can feel really angry at my child, like, oh, my God, my daughter moved at the pace of a glacier getting out of the house this morning, you know, but I had a choice not to hit her. Right, you know, but children don't yet have a choice in how they behave, and that's where the discipline and the boundary piece comes in from parents. Do you see the um, in England and Northern Ireland, um, they they kind of drill into what you can and can't do. It's it's because it's not illegal in England and Northern Ireland. Sure, it's not. Yeah, it's a really great area, isn't it? It is, but they actually specify what you can do and what you can't do. I mean, it it makes for horrific reading where they sell where they say whatever you do must not leave swelling, bruising, a black eye, cuts or grazes, abrasions or scratches. Yeah, <laughs> everything else is okay. Yeah, and, and you see, I, I guess a lot of the people I meet in the therapy room often are coming from their emotional wounds. 
right? And and so, you know, you can hit someone but not leave a mark. You can shout at a child, that doesn't leave a mark. I think we really have to think as, as, as adults and as parents, like who is responsible here? Who is responsible for your child's developing mental health? Well, you as the parent are. You know, and I, I, I really don't understand those guidelines that they have in, in England. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm from Scotland personally myself, so yeah. I, I, I don't understand it at all, if I'm honest. Yeah, and in Scotland, that law has only recently been passed, was it only two years ago? Yeah, I think it's, I, I kind of find it mind-blowing. You know, I'm a former therapist in Pieta House, and I worked in addiction and homelessness for many years. And, and you know, the obvious thing for me is, well, well, what can adults and parents and teachers and anyone around children do to stem the tide of mental health that's coming our way? And the answer to that is build respectful relationships with children, and children feel safe when we put safe boundaries around them, and they have to hear the word no. I know, but weren't children... I mean, this is a very generalized thing to say, but weren't they much better behaved years and years ago because they had a bit of fear of their father or the wooden spoon? Mm, perhaps, but I think, you know, in, in the world of therapy, uh, you know, asking a child to kind of be submissive and almost work, operate from a place of fear means that the fear pattern is developing in their brain right and so if the fear pattern develops in their brain then that uh, could have more of a predisposition for someone suffering trauma later on in their life and I think you see now we can create relationships with children that are based on trust and based on respect and 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 the parents being able to handle the word no and the emotional outpouring of the child because you know we often say oh it's okay to not be okay but when a child cries we say to them stop crying you know so I I I don't know. You see, for me, it's about it's about building that relationship, and then your child will then go and repeat that that positive relationship yeah. in their life. They're well. holding. They're holding. I know. I keep talking about the UK, but they are holding out in England with regards to this. Even the education minister is against banning smacking. Say, for instance, he, he says, "My wife does it to our girl," and he says that we don't. We want to avoid nannying people about how they bring up their children uh, and trust them how best to discipline their own children. What do you think of that? Um, well, again, you know, my experience would be in mental health and, and, and I would really invite someone to come and have a discussion with me based on my 15 years experience working with people and what I've seen and what I've heard in the therapy room based on people's experiences growing up in life. And, and I mean, much, much of their trauma, you're saying, in later life when they come to see you have to do with being slapped as children, do they? Well, you see, your brain develops up to the age of about 25 and you, you know, you really learn how to have, how to have emotions and how to have relationships based on the way your parents treated you. You know, so, I mean, it really dictates so much about our life. We can change our brain. We know through neuroscience that our brain is a bit like plastic and we can, you know, we can change the relationships we have with ourselves. But I do agree that we can't tell people what to do. We can't nanny people. But um, I think there's, I, th I think it's really helpful that but, people know that we can parent in a different way. Yeah, and I'll come to that in a moment. But what issues evolve later in life with regards to a child that was? I, I mean, they're they're like okay. We're not we're not suggesting that it should be okay to beat your child within an inch of their life. But many talk yeah. about a slap on the bum or a slap on the back of the hand or a, a tap on the back of the legs kind of thing. You know. Well, okay, so one of the biggest problems that I saw when I worked in the addiction services was that people had forgotten how to problem solve. 
So by that I mean, you know, you get in a difficulty in life and and, and you figure it out. Maybe the same way you would do with like a, a math problem in school or something. But if you go to just kind of give a child a slap, they don't understand, hey, what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently next time? And don't forget, you see, children don't have impulse control until at least the age of 10 or 11. The sharing part of a child's brain isn't developed until at least the age of three. So often we're kind of expecting children to do things that their brain hasn't quite got the capacity to. But if we don't sit down with a child or explain to them, say, look, when you do this, this happens and this is the consequence of it. What are the consequences? Oh, well, you know, I guess, I guess, you know, like if, if, if a child pushes another child then you've hurt somebody or people may not want to be your friend or, you know, simple things like if you don't do your homework well, then, you know, you won't get to go out on yard time. And then there's bigger consequences as well. But then I guess it's, it's in the household. Like I know for us, you know, I, I really encourage every parent to figure out their child's language. You know, I know for my two boys, the Nintendo Switch and Fortnite is their language. So if they do something repetitively and I say, come on, boys, come on, then they know that the Switch will be taken away for a week or a couple of days or whatever it is. Because there has to be, right? It's like for you and me, if we don't go to work, we don't get paid. Mm. The mortgage doesn't get paid. There's no food. But, you know, we can do this without hitting our children. Oh, so in your case, it could be Nintendo Switch or Fortnite or PS3 or whatever the case may be, or uh, grounding a child, taking their mobile phone if they're old enough to have one, those kind of things. No pocket money. Is that what you're suggesting? Well, I think it's really hard with the mobile phones. I know when I worked in Peter House, you know, we would often meet parents there who wanted to take their children's phones away. And we would always say to them, don't, because that at the moment is their lifeline. But again, with phones, I mean, parents really, really have to watch their children's mobile phone use, watch what they're watching, watch how they're using them. Because mobile phone use, you know, the scrolling bit, it's creating dopamine in children's brains. So that means that they're looking for more and more and more from life. Right. And that's the same with addiction as well. Um, and I know maybe I've gone off on a tangent, but mm. it's so important. But it's just about finding your child's language and finding not like something that's really going to hurt or punish them, but something that they're going to feel right to help them. And if and if it is taking the phone away, just make sure your child doesn't have really high end. OK, that, that 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 movie cinema show we were going to see the weekend. We're not do, we're not doing that. You're not going to McDonald's as was planned on Friday afternoon. That kind of thing, is it? Well, if that works for your family, then yes. But it's kind of, you know, oh, and I, I always say to parents when I meet them, it's about having the conversations and talking things through and asking the child, you know, like, what were you thinking at that time? What was going on for you? Because parents have to understand their external, you know, how we act. But really, we have to understand the child's internal world. But a lot well. of the time, the slap is just an emotional overload on the half of the parent, isn't it? Where they just boil over. They just can't take it. It's a kind of an automatic reaction, you know? It's in yeah. that second. They yeah, lash out. It can be. But you see then, if a child did that in school, they'd be really punished. You know, I know in my children's school, they've got like a hands-to-yourself policy, I think it's called. So is it okay if a parent responds in that moment, but we punish a child who hasn't yet got the brain capacity and the impulse control to not do that? Well, you know, yeah, you but know, the difference between not having it acceptable to slap another adult is it's an act of violence. But some would say that to slap a child is to discipline them and to um, teach them the things they need to know for life. Yeah, yeah, and I and I get that that could be some family's um, uh, choice, 
but all of the science around the brain and children's emotions would tell us otherwise, really. So when you meet people as adults, and you talk about the trauma in their life as adults, if, okay. if beaten as a child, do they do some of them grow up to be violent people who, who, who engage in, in domestic violence or, or hurt people? No, I don't necessarily think so. I mean, people who come to me are people who are looking to heal their trauma and who are looking to change. But certainly, I mean, every parent that I meet has had that moment, and myself included. You know, I, I, I sort of took the specialising parenting support because when I became a parent, I was a therapist. I thought, oh my God, this is going to be a breeze. But I started shouting at my child. And I turned into a parent I didn't think I was going to be. And it's because you're, I was repeating my parenting, my inner parenting default mode that I didn't want. Yeah, yeah. But do, I do you include I, shouting then also as being bad as well as slapping? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think you see parents have, all parents have an internal compass. We have an internal system called guilt that makes us feel good or makes us feel bad. You know, so if you do something and you feel guilty about it, well, that tells you that, you know, you can try and change that for next time. But I think everyone shouts. And in fact, I think it's, um, I was talking about it in my parenting membership recently. I said, you know, how do you let your child show anger? And people were saying, well, I do. But I say to them, you can't talk to mom and dad like that. And I said, well, how else are we going to, how else are we going to show that we're angry if we don't shout? Mm You know, how else are we going to show that we have these big emotions, you know, uh, but we don't make them as an adult. We don't make them other people's responsibility. Mm -hmm. And and you see, again, I always go to my Pieta house, my self-harming, my suicide. And I, I, I think of those teenagers I met then and the ones I work with now as well. And they were never allowed to show an emotion. And that's part of the problem. You know, so it is a fine balance and it's all about the grey area. Neil, I'd love if I could say to you, like, this really succinct, really cool therapy line of like, yeah, everyone's got this. But it is a grey area because we're talking about people, you know. All too often I see texts like this one. For God's sake, when I was young, not only did your parents slap you, but the teachers in school did also. It did me absolutely no harm. In fact, it taught me discipline and it taught me respect. The problem now is kids today are completely out of control they have no respect and they have no fear for authority. It's an interesting. Many people actually believe that. Yeah, and, and I think in some in some ways you're right maybe about um, some young people maybe not having a respect for authority, but I think that comes from the home and it comes from hearing the word no and it comes from the boundary. It comes from the internet going off. You know, like you can't act in a certain way and it be okay because that's life, isn't it? You know, like I can't come to work or you or anyone else and just do whatever the hell they want and act and come in two hours late, whatever, guys. You know, and children do need to learn this as they go along in life. And and, and I think you see to the people that say, sure, it didn't do me any harm. Yeah. You know, I, I, I say, well, well, that's okay. Because as a therapist, you know, I would never, ever tell anyone what their experience of life is. But I know that I've met many people who it's not been okay for. Ah, yeah, but it was probably vicious assault, though, was it? Um, I've met so many different people over the years and you know some things I guess it's open to interpretation isn't it you know like I might find things really hurtful that somebody else may not yeah 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 yeah. it's an interesting case actually um, before the courts here in 2019 where a man was fined 700 euro before George Owen Kelleher on Leaside he was convicted uh, of two counts of assault of his daughter she was two after he was seen slapping her in a Cork shopping centre two women saw it happen 
um, and reported him to the Gardaí. Are you across that? Um, no, I hadn't yeah, heard of that. Yeah, I got a 700 euro fine. Would you encourage other people to do that? Oh, that's a tricky question, isn't yeah, it? You yeah. see, I guess, I guess all of my work is by, I, I work by two to the child protection model, you know, and, and, and all adults in Irish society have, um, uh, oh, sorry, I'm having a dyslexia moment. It's like one of, um, have a responsibility to report anything, any concerns. You know, I am not trained to assess if something is um, legally required by Tusla to follow through on. That's where Tusla... Oh, I understand that, but I just thought it was interesting that two women who were going about their own shopping in the shopping centre saw this, reported it to Gardaí, and it resulted in a court conviction and a fine. Yeah, well, I think the tricky thing is, you know, if you see somebody out in society who's hitting a child, you never know if there's worse going on at home. You know, like if, if, if there's a slap in public, is there more of a beating going on at home? There I don't you know. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that, and, and that is not a call for me or anyone else to make. That's a call for Tusla to make. But you see, children need us to have their back. They need us to stand up for them because children are, are quite voiceless in many ways. You know, like if I'm having a crap time, I go to my friends, I go to my therapist, I go to my husband. You know, children can't do that. They're alone with their feelings and their emotions. What is the five-step plan finally to a calmer child? Oh, yes. Okay. So it's for the parents to know their trigger. Know what really, really annoys you and don't make that your child's responsibility. Know when to walk away. You know, it, you know that moment where you think, oh, my God, practice walking away because I think this is one of the greatest skills we can ever teach a child. Look after yourself. I mean, parenting is exhausting. You know, it really, really is. I had two and a half hours trying to get the kids out the door this morning and I had to sit for 10 minutes to gather myself afterwards. Mm -hmm. I, I say also to give yourself a break to parents because it is really hard and it is really complicated. And, you know, the last thing I say is that life happens. Sometimes people shout, sometimes people get overwhelmed and it's okay. You can repair any relationships that you think you're da you've damaged. Good for you. One of the ones that I picked up there on automatically was, you know, the walk away or, or the count to 10 or take deep breaths. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think it's really, really important to, you know, because is it, isn't this what we want for our kids as well? Let me get some you know? calls on air on this one. It's a pleasure talking to you, Beth, and thanks so much for taking the call. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much, Neil. Bye. And thanks for waiting around. I know you had to cancel something to stay with me, so I appreciate it. Psychotherapist uh, Bethan O'Reardon. Okay, let's uh, let's take up the calls on this uh, just ahead of the ad break. Uh, Emma, standing by. Kathleen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, um, what are your thoughts on it? My thoughts on it, uh, Neil, is, is that we can't walk the streets today with the generations that got away with the slap. This generation and the generation before, we can't walk the streets today because they are not afraid of authorities. They are not afraid of the guards. They're afraid of nothing. And this is what we have brought into our society today because we stopped all this slapping. I'm not talking about serious slapping now. I'm talking about uh, discipline and uh, where you have to discipline children. And I do think that they show a lot more respect as well uh, when they do it as did we years ago. Yeah. As did we years ago, Neil. We were afraid of the guards years ago, you know? Yeah, but you can't generalise. I mean, like... I would regard myself as having a, a fabulous son and a fabulous daughter, neither of whom were slapped. You know? Yes, but I, I still say, no matter what, Neil, that, like, going out there, the guards are, all I can say is that 
what I can see today with children of this generation and the generation before, they are not afraid of any authority or anything like that, like we were. And even if you brought up a fantastic son and daughter, you don't know how far they can take it as well if they were not afraid of authority. Um, were you slapped as a child? I would have been. Uh, I would have been disciplined, not not in a in a wicked or a harmful way, where I would have been shown uh, what is what, Neil. And, oh. and I tell you, it didn't do me any harm either. Okay, okay. And did you have children? I did. I had two children. Yeah. And did you did you slap them or smack them? Well, I would have showed them. I would have let them know what is what. You know, I would have let them know how far they can go with me. And that if they went uh, too far, then it wasn't, you know, that, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been happy with that. Okay. But they weren't, they weren't abused or anything I know, like we're not that. talking, no, it's not talking yeah. about beating them within yeah. an inch of their life or abusing yeah. them or, yeah. you know, in any way, ending up yeah. in an accident and emergency. I'm talking about, you know, the fella, George says, slaps across the arse or the back of the leg, which he got from his mother. In fact, he went on to talk about the wooden spoon or maybe the father's belt kind of thing, you know? Yeah, and I know people, I know of people, it wasn't me now, Neil, but I know of people that were telling me that they were threatened uh, with the wooden spoon. I've heard of people that um, said they got a slap of, of the leather belt. But all I can say is that this is the, the things that happened to these people, if they got uh, a slap of the wooden spoon, which that wasn't in my case, or the leather belt, they, got, they went on in life to show more respect uh, to, to, to other people. And but how do you know that children? How do you know that children who are beaten with a wooden spoon or with a belt didn't grow up to beat their partners or their own children? See, well, that I don't know. But all I know is that uh, the house that I grew up in, uh, they, they were strong discipline like that. That um, you know, you you were corrected. Is is the word that that was in our house? You were corrected, Neil, for doing wrong. And it didn't do us any harm. Okay. And, and you think... In, and you th- in many other households, I, I feel it didn't do them any harm. Because all I know is that when we grew up in the 50s and the children that I played around my area in the 50s, they were all afraid of their parents. The parents had... But I didn't... I did, uh, but who wants to rear a son or a daughter who's afraid of their father coming through the door? Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about now, you know, 11 and 12. You're going to have to have some fear... Uh, Neil, uh, of your parents, somebody's going to have the upper hand to put you to send you in the right in the right direction okay. in life. Okay. Somebody's okay. going to have to have the upper hand there. Okay. And and a lot of the problems we have in society today with younger generations, not all of them, but those that you're honing in on, is because they weren't corrected with a slap or a smack when they were a kid. Because they were left away with it, Neil. Because they were they were never uh, spoken to. <coughs> they were never chastised. There was no uh, no. Um, consequences uh, to what they did and I mean it, I mean, it's okay, like the lady that's talking now, she's talking about taking away uh, the, the, the remote controls from these games they play, we didn't have those Neil, we were just told you're either not going out or you've got uh, maybe a slap across the hand or a, you know, across the leg because okay. we didn't have those machines that they had years ago, okay. we didn't have mobile phones, but we were brought up I can honestly say, looking out at society today, Neil, we were a better generation when we were growing up in the 50s and children of the 60s, the 70s. But when, when it went in, 
to the 80s and after, things went seriously wrong. Maybe that generation in the 80s and afters were the ones that were slapped as children and vowed, like me, that they would never lay a hand on their kids. Well, that, that, that's to their detriment. That's okay. a big mistake they made, I think, anyway. Okay, did you want to jump in, Emma? Yeah, um, I do agree with um, the two ladies, only on certain points. Um, I have four kids myself. They're ranging from seven months up to five. Um, and in between that, I have a special needs child and I have a three-year-old. Now, my three-year-old, I have to say, like when they say a terrible two, is at a whole nother level. Um, now, he, like, he bullies every child that comes into the house. If he goes out of the house, he bullies a child. He beats on his sister, beats on his autistic brother. But I don't believe in slapping at all. Um, why, does he, why is he so physically violent? And um, he's actually been tested now uh, for um, years ago. It was called mild autism, but now it's actually Asperger's. Okay, okay. And um, it kind of runs in his side of the family as well of ADHD. Okay, so it's out of frustration, is it? I'd say so, yeah, I'd say and so. And why do you say that gentle parenting does not work? I, I, like, I'm a very, very gentle parent. Like, I don't um, discipline my kids in kind of slapping ways or anything like that. Um, that's how I know gentle parenting doesn't work. Because I am a very, very gentle parent, and it doesn't seem to be working for me at all. Um, now, I, ha- I do work what with... What do you do? Do you try and have conversations with them, explain things, sit down with them, oh, talk yeah, things like, through... That's kind of, that, that, that talking conversation happens at least 15 plus times a day. Um, it just doesn't seem to be working. Now I am kind of reaching out to, well, I've been working with people for the last kind of year when I realised that my son has really kind of bad anger problems at such a young age. Um, and but just slapping like, him would do him no, that would only do harm, wouldn't it? Make him worse. Oh yeah, like I, I've never tried it to no, but I, I just wouldn't do that if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and like even my five-year-old, she's she's never got slapped in her life, um, and she's actually a really good kid. Like you know, there's no anger there, there's no nothing there. She's she's such a good young lady. Like you know, she's pure mother hen. She's really respectful. So uh, I like to me, I don't find slapping works at all. Okay, but wh- um, what about yourself then? Were you slapped as a kid? Oh, I, I was disciplined, hundred percent. Okay, like what? Like, I'd probably get a slap in the bum, maybe a tap on the hand. I was never overly disciplined, but I kind of knew what was right and what was wrong. Okay, would, it, when would those slaps hurt? Not, not that I can remember. Yeah, um, yeah. I do know that if I was extremely, extremely bold as a child, not as a child, but kind of 11, 12 up, um, that I would get a bit of a sting, but that was, that was really it, okay. to be honest. Because way, way back in the day, not only would your own mother slap you, but the next door neighbour's mother would slap you, or anyone in the park could give you a slap. Oh, 100%. That was my mum and my aunt. Were they, be- <laughs> were they better days then? Um, I don't think so. Um, but for some people, it could have been. See, I, like, I, I, to me, I just don't believe in it. But what about this issue? The people get, uh, many texts you're talking about, there's no fear of authority, there's no respect anymore, it taught me discipline, it didn't do me any harm. That's a point I agree with. Um, because I do live in an area where I see from day to day people kind of like on we'd say just for instance on a motorbike running from a guard's car like I, I see I see that every day 
Um, that's one thing I don't want my kids growing up doing, but I don't want my kids growing up aggressive adults either, thinking yeah. it's okay to slap their kids, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Thanks for that. Thanks, Emma. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks, Bethan. Your thoughts are welcome. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106, and I'll plow through a lot more of these texts after 10. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. George was wondering how people chastise their kids these days as opposed to generations gone by. Is a slap still a threat? Um, is it a slap? Is it a threat? Are kids actually getting slapped anymore? Going up, I got plenty across the arse or the back of the legs. My mother are the threat of the wooden spoon. Did me no harm. How do people keep their kids in check these days? Honestly, when I was younger, I feared the lecture from my dad more than a slap off my mam. The slap would last a second, but the lecture gives you something to think about and feel remorse for. I used his tactic on my own kids who are now adults and it works. It's how you word it and getting the message through that's the key. Another one. People wonder why the youths are out of control is because sometimes they need a slap to put them back in line. The government took that away from parents and youths can do what they like now without respect for others. Before anyone says it's abuse, it is simply called a control. The case of the man who was fined uh, back in 2019, uh, he was convicted of two counts of assault on his daughter because two women, different women, saw two different incidents and feared for the child's safety and reported him to the guard. So it was before the court. Now, the court heard from a witness uh, that she was in the shopping centre on the south side uh, when she heard a child crying uh, in a high-pitched voice and she noticed a man trying to push the child's legs into a shopping trolley seat. She was trying to get the legs out and he was trying to get them back in and she said the child continued screaming in a high-pitched voice as the man went around the shop and she encountered them again in the car park. She saw she saw the man standing beside the open rear door of his car, swinging his hands into the car. She couldn't say 100% what he was doing, but she was sure he wasn't handling the child gently. Then a second woman said that she noticed the man swinging his hands into the car. Uh, she could not see uh, what he was hitting, but she heard him shouting, Have you enough now? Have you enough now? She believed the child was being hit in the back seat. She took a photograph of the car reg and reported the matter to the guardie. So that ended up in a child case, uh, sorry, in an assault case in court, assault against his uh, two-year-old child, and he was fined seven hundred euro, convicted of two counts of assault. Um, the judge did accept that the man, who was not Irish, was a devoted father and husband as described by his wife, and that he had no previous convictions. So that was in court uh, from 2019, and I'm reading from Barry Roach's copy in the Irish Times. Keep those texts coming, text 0868104106. I did get a response, actually, from the management company that look after the tunnel, just with regards to the barriers coming down an awful lot more, and they said that, yes, there had been an update to the warning system. Uh, and maybe that update is the six inches that they talk about. The alarm goes off now, you know, they've reduced it by, by six inches. So they said there has been an update to the warning system and it did cause a few issues. But they said this morning's incident that shut the tunnel down was a high-sided vehicle that caused the issue. It was an Irish company that caused the deployment. So the system worked. It's a safety system. It's there for a reason. Generally, they say that trucks have a mechanism where you can increase or lower the height of the truck depending on how full the vehicle is. Um, but they said that, uh, you know, the issue this morning was an Irish truck that caused it. The system worked 
Uh, and you've got to have a system like this in place. But they said that the warning system has been updated. So apparently the alarms go off or the signs go off and the warnings go off um, for vehicles now six inches lower than it did before. All right. Text 0868104106. I pass it on for you if you use it and you have high-sided vehicles or you drive big Arctics and things like that. Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Kim, good morning. Thanks for holding. Hi. Uh, a lot of text on this, which I'll go back to. But where are you with regards to slapping children? It's illegal here. It's illegal in Scotland. It's illegal in Wales, but not north of the border, nor in, the, in, in England itself. What do you think? No, I'd never slap my kids. I, I don't agree with slapping them at all. I think there's other ways of doing it. Um, what I texted in about was the, the lady that was on before saying about kids fearing the guards that I completely disagree with as well. Mm. Like I was saying, I never, I'd never want my kids to fear the guards. I think kids need to respect the guards and to know that they're there to help. So if they fear them, they'll never approach them or anything if they need to, you know? So I don't understand why you'd want to bring up your kids fearing them. I think there's a massive difference between fear and respect. That's an interesting take on it, yeah, that if they did fear law and order, they would never ask law and order for help. Exactly, but I always say, like, if they ever got lost or if they ever needed them, they'd, they'd want to approach them. That they might, they might, them go, them. they might not want to go to a guard if they were in trouble exactly. because the guard might say to them, it's your own fault, you're a bold child, that kind yeah. of stuff. I think if you bring fear into them, like, would you want to hear parents say, oh, you have to be good now where the guards are going to come and take you away. Like, I hate when I hear those I think the worst thing for a child is to fear a guard. And when they say the youth these days don't have fear of them, they weren't taught respect for them. They don't have to be taught fear for them. They need to be taught respect for them. And that's completely different, I think, you know? Yeah, but, I, but I'm, of a, I'm of a generation where I would get the yips if a cop car came up behind me when I'm driving. And I, I do have a kind of a... I, I make kind of a healthy fear of the guards, you know what I mean? I, that's, yeah, I that's, think that's more respect as well, you know, than anything else. Yeah, but um, you would see the characters that are going around these days who have far from any respect, far from any fear. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They so just don't give they, a they damn. Were bought up. I think they were bought up without respect for guards. You know, that's the way they were bought up, without respect. Whereas with children, when they're very small, I think to teach fear of the guards, I don't think that's right. You know, I think you should teach them from a young age to respect them than anything else and they, they're not taught respect. Okay, okay, park the guard aspect then but what about, um, you know, texts like we got the leather belt, didn't do us any harm we got a slap when we stepped out of line and we turned out to be brilliant and my children did also you know, things like that? No, I don't agree with slap that Slap for wrong behaviour, no, didn't do many harm and I got the belt No, I did think before I would have always said I got a little slap and it's fine and it's okay to slap your kids, I think I thought that before I had kids myself and now that I have kids, I can't imagine ever laying my hands on my... I'd never, ever slap my kids. Again, there's different ways to approach it. Okay, so how do you approach them. it? How do you parent them then? Just speak to them. Like, I know I'm not a perfect parent. Like, I've, I, I, I shout at them every now and again. But like the lady said, the one that was on, saying when you know you're wrong, it's different and you have to learn from it. So if I think I shouted at them or if I'd done something I shouldn't have, then I move past it. I speak to them. I apologize to them. I explain what I did. I explain what they did. You have to sit down and talk to them and make them understand what happened. And will they, 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 will they listen, like? Oh, they could do it again, but they listen. They will, at the time when I say it to them, they will listen and they will understand, OK, look, I shouldn't have done that. And I'll even say, look, I shouldn't have shouted at you, but, you know, you did this and I did this wrong and we'll move faster. But I've never, it's never gotten so bad that I've ever felt like, now again, if I might have to walk away sometimes or I might have to leave the room, but I'd never... But you have no punishment, you have no punishment whatsoever, no? 
Oh, I could take like their again their switch off them or their tablet off them, something like that. But no, I never never think to lay my hands on them. Mm. Would you think that it'd be fair to say? Because I remember from my own childhood that a lot of the time it was just out of frustration. Say many people might agree with this that their their mother or, or their father just went into meltdown. It was frustration. It was just, everything was just too much oh, for them. It really wasn't yeah. a child. It was everything else going on in their life and they just... But that's what it they is. Just, it's, it's they just exploded. But I think that's exactly what it is. A parent is a reflection on the parent, not the child. Because they might have lost it in that second. Like I said, I've shouted at my kids because I might have got frustrated in that second. But I think the parents need to learn how to react more so than what the child is doing. The parent needs to teach themselves that it's not okay to slap a child and that it's not it's not a normal reaction. It's not a reaction that's okay for the child. Yeah, but no. maybe... Here's another few. Oh, I mean, they're, they're not all in, in favour, but I totally agree. A slap for wrong behaviour didn't do me any harm and I got the belt. That's the problem nowadays, that kids can do whatever they want and they can even call the guards on you. If I called the guards back then, I'd still be getting a beating. A slap for false behavior is okay. I don't know what they mean by false behavior. Bad behavior, I suppose, is okay, in my opinion. Um, do, do, yeah, when they say that even the kids can call the guards on you, they probably mean kids can now call Childline. That kids have yeah. all the power now. I don't, I don't agree. I still think, again, it comes down to your, your kids respecting you. Like, you don't need to slap them for them to respect you. Like, I saw a man now lately, their child slapped another child, and the man slapped his child in the bump. But I'm like, what's that teaching? You're trying to teach your child not to slap that child, but by slapping your child. Like, I don't... I think there's definitely other ways to do it, just mm. teach them. Like, they're so small, I'd never... I don't understand why anyone would want to slap their own kids when, you know, they're, they're children. They don't understand. You need to teach them right from wrong by speaking to them and by explaining to them I don't think slapping them is the way to do it. Okay, and just one final point for you before I stop gritting it. Isn't it very important as well that you follow through on punishment? If you say you're not going to the cinema, if you say you're not going to McDonald's yeah. now, if you say I'm taking that away for a week, you have to follow through, don't you? have don't to you? do it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. But I think there is other ways of doing this. And like that's just Even if they try and break you down like they do? Oh, then they, and sometimes they do get around me because, again, I, I want an easy life sometimes too. But they, I think it's teaching them right from wrong and teaching them to respect your boundaries. And as well, you respect their boundaries. Like, you know, like I said, when I'm wrong, if I do shout at them because I get frustrated because I'm human, and if I do shout at them, if I do give out to them because I know it's out of my frustration, I'll always sit down and apologise to them. I'll and do, always, you think we're rearing, do you think we're rearing a better society of children now? I, so. I know there's a lot more court reporting, a lot more online reporting, but we see a lot younger now getting in trouble with the law, engaging in again, violent behaviour. I, I still think it comes down to your family unit, mindset your parents have, what, what you've been taught at home. Like, I've, I've never stopped my kids, but I know my kids are good kids. And I know they wouldn't go out and cause trouble and I know they wouldn't... And I know they're young, they're only 10 and 6, but I also think enough enough to trust that they, they are good kids. All right, OK. And I've never put my hands on them. Thanks, know? Kim. Thank you so much. The problem with today's generation, not enough slaps at home, which means no respect for anyone or anything around them. End of. I was told to treat your children the way you would treat a friend. A slap is physical violence. We wouldn't hit a dog for misbehaving. Uh, well, some people do. Uh, if you can't discipline your child without physically harming them, you shouldn't have kids. Uh, a slap when they're out of line uh, and they turned out to be brilliant kids, another parent says. We got the letter belt that didn't do us any harm. I never got a slap from my parents and I never slapped my kids who were all 
but one grown up now. But I was in a very abusive relationship a few years back. And I can tell you, when someone bigger than you is standing over you and hitting you or slapping you, then you are not being taught a lesson. Think of what it's like for a child to have one standing over them being told, I'm doing this for your own good. Um, And one or two more. A stern voice and a serious face works for me. I don't need to slap my kids. A look is enough. And there are other texts like that, actually, just the way you might look at them with that withering look. I've read some of the comments um, that you put up on Facebook, and I don't know if I'm embarrassed or ashamed. Children now are way more advanced than they were 20 years ago. They can push you to the limit and know what they can get away with. Not controlling your kids by slapping or suffering sometimes is a disgrace. Do you honestly think that by letting them do what they want, it will advance their education? This will never, this will never do that. Uh, my children's attitude these days is crap. When I was a kid, the neighbors next door were Mr. and Mrs. I never talked back out of, res- out of disrespect. Uh, these days, you are told to F off or they'll smash your windows. The world we are in now is soft, plastic, and a disgrace. If it continues like this, uh, I'd rather be dead. 54 years old. Um, interesting text there that I think would be coming down on the side that a slap uh, isn't, uh, isn't a bad thing. And it's a lack of slapping these days that has made the world soft, plastic, and a disgrace. Uh, text 0868104106. Calls on the way. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. The story I was talking about earlier on this morning, and I was talking about it about 10 days ago as well. This Cork man who was homeless down in the Costa del Sol in his 40s, and we don't have a name for him, but God only knows he has a family in Cork who are probably mourning and grieving his loss now. He was punched and kicked to death. Apparently, he was a homeless man who would sleep on the beach during the daylight hours and then at a known location for homeless people at night. Um, And uh, there's very little information about the man, except that a jogger on the beach um, came across his body um, and bloodstains all over the sand around him. It's absolutely horrific, this Corkman's death. Um, Apparently, the police also received reports of shouting and cries for help uh, a short time beforehand, before the, the jogger came along. Now, they have a suspect arrested, um, and uh, we'll allow the courts to uh, do that thing there. But they recovered clothing covered in the blood of his victim, apparently, according to the Irish Mirror. But it goes back to the 12th of March, and it's believed that he was originally from Cork, but that he had such severe head injuries that initially believed they had that he may have been battered with a rock. Uh, but actually, subsequent to that in the postmortem, said that he was punched and kicked to death. He was a homeless man. Uh, apparently, um, documentation found in his belongings indicated that he was from Ireland and indeed originally from Cork. It's just awfully, awfully sad. Um, back to the topic that we started with this morning uh, as to uh, George's predicament as to how to chastise his children. Um, the naughty corner works for me and I take away something they love. Even uh, my almost two-year-old goes in the corner if he's naughty. One minute there and he's as good as gold, for a while anyway. And one or two more, no need for slaps. Kid, kids act out of, kids act out due to many reasons. And it's getting to the root of the reason that parents need to understand in order to discipline. Kids shouldn't have to deal with adults not managing their own emotions. 
um, because they think a slap is okay. I think sometimes the slap actually has more to do with the parent or the adult's emotions or emotional overload or they just lose it in the moment. I don't slap my kids because I was slapped as a child. One more there. The wrath of the wooden spoon. Not enough of them getting the slap of it these days. And sure, look what the state of the country is because of it. I wonder if Michael has an opinion on the old old wooden spoon because I know I've spoken in the past with him with regards to issues involving law and order or the breakdown of, of law and order in the past. He joins me by phone. Michael, good morning. Let me let me well, just morning, let me let me start on that. You're a military man from your military background for many many uh, years. No, civilian actually, but yeah. anyway, with yeah. military peacekeeping operations. There you go. There you go. What about what about slapping kids? Just on that point, the uh, wrath well, of the wooden in general, spoon. No, no, I, 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 I personally no, I do not believe that, and particularly nowadays with children so advanced and so intelligent, I think, and even in the old days, sitting them down, talking with them, explaining, I think. It is the way to go. Yeah, but it, 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 used, it to used to be that way years ago, and I wonder no, are you're we right, in a worse you're right, but, yeah. but I think you just put your, your finger on it there in your last comment. I think much of those uh, beatings would be the, the frustration of the parents taking it out on the children. The parents suffering frustration, and who knows, maybe working class families and whatever, but it would be the frustration and their inability then to communicate and, with the children. And that was and the same, actually, with the Christian brothers. And I, I mean, I can, I mean, I recall the Christian brothers. Well, but to be honest with you, some of the lay teachers were even worse. It was their own well, issues, yes, wasn't correct, it? Correct. It was their own anger management problems, well, their own emotional you know, turmoil. There was a particular Christian brother, many will remember him without mentioning anything, but he would say it to the class, my mother wanted me to be a priest. I compromised and became a Christian brother and you so-and-sos are going to suffer the consequences. Oh, was that said, yeah? <laughs> that oh was a particular God. Christian brother. But anyway, oh he was well-known in, in yeah. the city. But anyway, so that, that maybe sums it up. But to answer your question, uh, no, I, I don't think violence in these cases are the answer. I think, uh, I think you know, serious discussion, explanations generally work. And, and while we're on the topic, and, and my topic is more the antisocial behavior. You know, it's tied in, you see. That's the point I'm it's making. Tied in, yes. How you, I think, I how think you rear children, how you correct, or how you, um, you know, discipline children. The, the communication and the ability to communicate by the parents to explain to the children what is required of them and what is right and what is wrong, I think that is a major aspect in this. Now, there are cases where that will not work, but I think in general, that will be successful. And But, you know, I'm just going to say, and I, I'm sure you agree with me here, that while we talk about antisocial behavior and, and, you know, on the streets and whatever, we must also remember that these are just a small minority of the younger persons out there today. And the vast majority are well-behaved, respectful to authority and indeed very many of them nowadays involve themselves in charitable and philanthropic Ah sure, work. I know, I know all of that so, but, I mean, so, you know. so while we talk about antisocial behaviour it is only a minority a very small minority I'd say who who are involved and, and that brings me back Yeah but you, know, you, you tell had, me I, I, that you feel safer on the streets of Jerusalem this is your quote Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, Cairo, Beirut Damascus, Baghdad many places I'm sure that you did peace well, duty, than you would that, in Cork You and I had this discussion back in 2005 mm-hmm. you may not remember it I do remember it's a long time ago but you I do remember, remember. Yeah, yeah. 
You did, because you, you ball hopped my poor cousin before you brought me on air. <laughs> oh, did you do that? Because I, exp- I explained to Emer that to avoid confusion... You are not that, the ball uh, I, was, I, was the, I was not... I didn't want to be confused with my younger, better-looking cousin. <laughs> but of course, when you, before you brought me on, you said, I have a man coming on now here who claims to be the younger, better-looking cousin of the Baldy Barber. <laughs> 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 but, you're, but, but even back in 2005, Neil, and I wasn't long home from my time abroad at that time. Uh, we felt very uncomfortable in the city centre at nine o'clock at night. In fact, we stopped going in there, my wife and myself. Even then, due to the general feeling we were getting from, from y- some young So what feeling do you get on the streets in 2022? Well, I, I have, it's a long, long time since I've been in the city centre, Neil. Yeah, I wonder long, would you take time. an old stall in there of a Friday or Saturday night? Oh, well, no, I'll tell you, I probably need an armored car, a flak jacket, yeah. and a helmet, maybe. So why is that <laughs> happening? Is it, why is that happening? Well, uh, from what we hear and what we see. But, you know, I, I think a lot of it comes down also, it's just my opinion now, it comes back to, to the politicians. Because whether we, you know, you can, you can link this, and you've been sitting in that chair for a long, long time now, listening to the problems faced with the people and the problems... And do you know how I'd sum it up? It's just getting worse and worse. We have a beautiful city. We have wonderful aspects to it. We have great communities. But as you call the minority, are destroying it for the majority. It's the silent majority as usual. Because the politicians are not doing their job correctly. If the politicians brought in mandatory sentencing, and I don't mean the sentencing that's, that's in place right now, and I've seen prisons in various places in the world. I've seen prisons where there are no walls, no bars, and people do not go out because they're afraid of what will happen. There was only a stone wall around one particular, small stone wall, four feet high, but nobody went out. There were no guards there, but if they went out, they'd be seriously assaulted, if not killed. By who? The but, public? So, by the public. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. okay. Once they stayed behind the wall, they were safe. Yeah. But I think what we need is mandatory sentencing, Neil, and it will avoid, it will avoid a lot of problems, it will avoid a lot of cost to the taxpayer, mandatory sentencing, and sentencing that would be severe. And I'm talking about 100 years from murder. 100 years and no parole. Now, no, but that's, that's, that's life without parole then, isn't it? Correct. That's what it should be. If you kill somebody, in my opinion, you, what about a person who rapes a person? He goes into court, he may or may not be sentenced, he's back out and he's off again. Yeah. I think, you know, I think we have to have serious sentencing to, to, so that the public will be protected from these criminals who, who will not be offered the opportunity. And now we're educating them. They can all go to university. They can sit in their nice, comfortable cells with their tea and coffee. And I know people say, oh, but we lock the doors. Yes, but there are people struggling. There are, there are families struggling to feed their children now. They're struggling to heat their houses. And yet we have these convicted criminals who sit in their cells, with heated cells, with their tea, coffee, and their television sets, with their Netflix and their sports. You know, a lot of people can't afford these things, but criminals can. Then they can, they can do any courses they want. They can, the latest one now is they're involved in looking after horses. Well, fair enough if they want to do that. People take golf lessons. I mean, you know, okay. They, they take the golf lessons in jail. Well, they're, they're allowed out to take golf lessons. I never heard that in my life. Club. Is that fake news? Well, check it, check, check it up now. Check it up. Check it up. Uh, Hang on what, a second. Is the world gone absolutely crazy that you can come out of jail serving a sentence to go where? To a local golf course 
to well, drive golf balls? Check, check it out. I've heard this from members of Angarda Siakana. Is that but, maybe in oh, the open it, prison up in the Midlands or something? What's that I, one called? I have no idea where now, but uh, no, I, I think it was in Dublin. But anyway, but it's something you can look, and look into. But the bottom line here is, Neil, you know, here we are in a democracy. But are the, are the taxpayers and the voters of this country allowed any say in how criminals should be treated? Who makes the decisions to, pan, to pamper and pander these people? I think, there'd be, a, I think there'd be a lot of people who would agree with you that a mandatory sentence well, of life without parole for a murder or for um, uh, assault with a deadly weapon or uh, rape or, you know, serious well, crimes like that. But, but I think the, pe- but the people are not... There's no problem with who that. Who makes the decision? But, but there's other people then the might decision? say, okay why, okay, why are we talking about life without ever getting out? Why don't we try and investigate as to why they become murderers in the first place? But, but this is what has happened now, Neil. This is what's happening now. When when people go into court now, they get their free legal aid. Then there's all sorts of uh, investigations into their upbringing, and everybody is blamed except the person who committed the act. So all of a sudden, then the person is not held responsible or accountable for his actions because of his upbringing, because he had a violent father, because whatever. Yeah. So I mean, you know, we have we have. In one sense, we have lost the run of it. We, we, from being a very simple situation, you walk in, you pull out a gun, you shoot somebody, you're, you're brought into court, you're convicted. Yeah, yeah. Then you're sentenced. Um, but now you want to look, people, not you, but people want to look into why you took the gun out, why you shot the person, why you did this. And look, I mean, you know, you have, we won't go into individual cases. Some are tragic. But, I mean, if people can't walk the streets without being attacked and, you know, harassed, intimidated... It's, it's a sad situation, okay. and it comes back yeah. to the politicians who okay. need to put in place proper laws to ensure these people are locked up. That's okay, just just, uh, we just did a quick fact check there on your claim that um, prisoners play golf, and you're absolutely right. I have a photograph in front of me and an article as well. Veronica Gearan's killer Brian Meehan playing a game of golf at his new open prison. The picture shows Meehan, who was recently moved to Shelton Abbey Open Prison in Arklow, holding golf clubs as he enjoys a game of golf with fellow inmates this week. It's astonishing, isn't it? Well, now, Neil, there you go. So this is how we treat... But they said, actually, but sources said after 20 years in prison, it's just a small luxury for people like him. Small luxury. But but what about the luxury for Veronica Gearden's son, her husband? What luxuries do they have? Mm, mm. You know, his wife and and mother brutally shot down. Mm. That young lad grew up without a mother. Why? You know? Mm. So we should be considerate towards the killer because uh, time has passed. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. What about community you know, service? No, no, you're you right. know? I mean, it, it, it is a point and it's a point that should be discussed. But the people should be allowed to discuss it, not individuals make decisions. I don't know who makes it, civil servants or who. But it should not be left to a group of faceless people to make decisions like that. This should be made by the voting public. Do you have any That's thoughts on community right. service? Real community service, where a suspended there, sentence I mean, isn't enough. Community service is, 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 well, I suppose there are times and places for, for minor offences, but I certainly wouldn't consider it for serious offences no, like murder, rape. But, yeah, but an awful lot of people are, uh, go to prison and they shouldn't be in prison at all. Like, they, they, well, it doesn't do them okay, any good. That, like, probably we, actually we, come out an awful lot worse. On, we agree on that. Yeah, absolutely, we agree on that. I mean, something like, as we in the old days, no television license. Uh, well, you know... There's lots, there's but, lots but, of reasons, you know. You, they put people in the effort not paying a television license or for but, 
other, you know, fine related issues. But, you know, you also hear of people who have been involved in antisocial behavior getting suspended sentences, involved in fighting. Correct. Or well, you, you hear of people for, you know, you know, getting suspended sentences for uh, possession of drugs and serious drugs. But a suspended sentence, should it not have community service? You've got to do 100 hours of work in the community, whatever that may be, you well, know. Well, that, that, would, that would be one one possibility but another one and i think you have discussed it some years ago also i remember the discussion and that is making the parents let's say for the younger people making the parents responsible put a penalty on the parents make them pay something some money mm. you know if mm. the if the teenager misbehaves she, uh, hold the parents responsible if he's less than a certain age you know make them financially responsible and all of the, the places thought. where you were the areas that you worked um was there respect for for law and order was there you know was there a respect amongst young people for the police service of that country i would say that in most of those countries there would be fear because a policeman could take out his weapon and shoot you yeah, and well, he would never be held responsible or accountable. Yeah, well, we certainly would want those, that. Most, not all, but in many of those places. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's so, what happens in America, particularly if you're not white. So you don't well, want that happening here. Well, there you go, there you go. But I mean, that's not something we'd want to see either. I mean, but uh, but the point is, uh, you know, there's some. We, from our point of view here, we we need to make the people responsible and accountable, and you know, particularly when you have. Uh, you know, people who are regularly repeat criminals, mm. they go in, they get their free legal aid, and uh, they're laughing all the way to the the courthouse, okay. and then they're laughing all the way to prison because okay. they know they can sit back, relax, and enjoy the comfort. Okay. Murder for a hundred years for murder, um, uh, murdering someone in one's own home, a hundred and fifty years. So that's pointless. Nobody lives to that age. Well, but look, that's the thing. What we want, what we need to do, is make sure they never set foot outside of prison again. Assault with a deadly weapon, fifty years. Well, you yeah. know, like, uh, say, for instance, somebody who's stopped by Angarda Shukana is found to have a knife on them. They haven't done anything with it, but well, they have it. Well, that would be possession, then, something different. But I'm talking about assault when somebody pulls out, pulls out a knife and sticks it in somebody, seriously injures them on the street. Yeah, but in Scotland, they passed a law there years back where if you are stopped by a police officer and you're carrying a knife, it's an automatic jail sentence. Well, I suppose it could be looked upon as a deterrent. Well, like what in the name of God do you want a knife for? Well, there you go. And I think the basic idea behind this discussion and that people are making their contributions is they want to feel safe moving around the streets and they want their families to feel safe moving on the streets in the evenings and the nights, whatever. Okay. Okay. And that is the bottom line. Whether, Whether it's a deterrent or not, but again, you know, repeat criminals, if they're locked up, life then that's it I mean at least you and I would be safe on the streets okay. that's my view and okay. I'm sure there'd be other views and opinions on it which I would be welcome to listen yeah and so would I anyway, so let's get them the thanks Michael as always look after yourself glad to hear you're, uh, you're keeping well text 0868104106 you shouldn't need to chastise a child talk to your kids as they're growing and that's the way to teach them conversation keep the conversation channels open hit it where it hurts the most and what they love the best for my son it's his Nintendo Switch for my daughter it's her various activities we use to get the wooden spoon as kids well you don't say how that affected you but you don't uh, use it yourself all my late mother had to do was look at me with that look and by God I knew I was in trouble text 0868104106 this is the Neil Prenderville show Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Laura, how are you? 
Hi, Neil. How are you doing? I'm good. Good to chat. Listen, you've been through some terrible cruelty in your life and emotional and psychological torture. And we're hearing a lot about it um, from primarily women, not not for a moment, notwithstanding that it doesn't happen to men. But what was your own experience? Talk us through that. Oh, Neil, I met this man who was who seemed on the outside so um sorry no I'm a very nervous um, don't be girl just I know so it's hard to relive it and I know. so charming and um swept me off my feet and um got mm. into my trust and got into everything and I was I was put up in a pedestal with him. Yes. I mean, you described um, him, you were describing him in your email as a, a charming man who spoiled you at mm. the start of the relationship, minded yeah. you at all times, showered you with gifts, mm. open doors, the yeah. perfect gentleman. Yes. Okay. So, yes. It's, so there's no point asking you whether there any warning signs. There clearly weren't, except good ones. There was all good ones, but slowly, but surely, it just kind of crumbed away is about the only way I could describe it yeah um, small things would start um, if we were walking and somebody beat the horn I'd be accused of sleeping with that person how did you feel um, when, how did you feel when th- that first accusation was laid upon you Neil I didn't know I was I was very young I um I thought this was I thought this was normal. I didn't understand what narcissistic people were. I didn't understand gaslighting. I didn't understand anything like that. And it's only through knowledge years later do I understand what okay. it was. So as a young girl you thought that that kind of response to things was normal in a relationship. I'll be darned. Yeah, yeah because I just didn't know. I didn't hear anybody else saying different, if you know what I mean. Yeah. We never brought it up in a subject. So I assumed that everybody else was accused of something at some stage. Yes, okay. But it was when you gained my trust and I would tell him things of secrecy and they would, like your caller today said, um, basically they would turn it and yeah. throw it at you. Yeah. At, like I was, I was sexually assaulted two years before I met him and I that was thrown at me that I I basically I basically deserved it um, that um, I was nothing but useless I was um, absolutely it was in, it was so it was so bad Neil I really don't know how I even came through it but I do know that when it got progressively worse. Now, at the very start, when we go shopping, as I left in my my message, saying that like if he came to shopping, um, like grocery shopping, he he cut the 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 bill in two, and if I had to buy, uh, we'll say, uh, um, menstrual products, he would deduct it from that of uh, his side and put it on my side. Everything had to be accounted for. Everything, every penny had to be accounted for. Totally controlling um, in that regard and many other aspects. If there was a, I think if there was a, an, an ESB bill that was split down yes. the middle, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah everything, yeah. yeah. So, so only yeah. for my mother um, telling me to go and get loan parents, it is the only way I would have had money. And that's, I had to lie to be able to get this because I wouldn't have had money at all. 
So he was the way he, he, he was living with you then and was the yes. the single earner, was he? So you were totally yes. reliant upon him, yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm, okay. Mm. Okay. Um did was there so and, and you talk about his constant ch- chipping away at your confidence led you to feeling worthless yes. and, and useless in yeah. the world. Um, when my daughter was born, um, I remember one of his brothers gave a beautiful teddy bear and he created a fight that he mu- I must be sleeping with him that he gave this huge soft teddy bear to my daughter um, because he didn't give anything to anybody else um, in that regard oh, yeah, and yeah. I was accused of that I was accused of everything it made no difference he isolated me from my friends because they were wrong and uh, he was right I wasn't allowed to go anywhere I remember when my best friend was getting married um, out farm and uh, in no way he would not it was only for a couple of days is all I wanted to go for and I was told, what do you want to go there for? You'll only be out, I can't say the word on television or on radio, but basically sleeping with everyone and anyone. Yeah. That's how controlling it was. So my best friend didn't speak to me for five years because of this, but she didn't know because I told nobody because I was petrified, absolutely petrified. To think and imagine that someone would degrade you. He'd go to the pub on a Sunday He'd be gone all day. I mean, from 12 o'clock opening till half 10, 11 o'clock at night. And he would claim to me that he was not out drinking all day. Mm, mm. But he, he was gone all day. But he'd, he'd surely have the signs of it when he'd come back, wouldn't he? Oh, he would, yes. And it would be tr- um, breaking stuff that would be sentimental to me. Not to him, obviously, but to me. And he'd break those things on purpose um, to hurt me. Yes. Um, Did he ever lay a hand on you, Laura? No, 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 he didn't. Um, We um, two people in my life would have called me a nickname. And even if I hear that nickname in 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 another um, conversation or whatever, because it's just like lollipop. That's all it is. But if I hear that name, I actually shiver because he took that he took that name upon himself to um to make it horrible to make me feel um I didn't deserve a nickname I I couldn't even be called my name Laura I had to be called a nickname I, I couldn't be called my Christian name I know I, I know. wasn't good enough to be called my Christian name you know there is no difference whatsoever really in in the forms of psychological emotional physical no. uh, abuse that people no. put up with you know I, I asked you no. whether or not he ever laid a hand of you, on you it doesn't make no. it any less bad no. the fact that he doesn't considering that no. you went through isn't it true I, I often I often said I wish I had a bruise to prove what psychological damage that person did to me and how long were you I can't with, call him a man yeah how long were you with him Unfortunately, 10 years, but it wasn't always that bad. It was it just got slowly and then it kind of snowballed near the end. It was unbearable and that is about the only way. And when I did eventually pick up the courage to get him out of the house, um, I I threatened that I would um, go to the local garage and buy 10 euros worth of petrol and burn his clothes if he didn't collect them because I didn't want anything. And there was clean murder, murder over it, murder, but I eventually got away from it, but it was horrific, horrific. You were, well, in the sense that he eventually left, did he? 
well, he he hadn't much of a choice because I did say that I would go eventually to the guards. I would bring my family members that he had um, distanced me from totally. And I told him that I'd tell them the truth. But he told me that they wouldn't believe me, that I wasn't worth anything, that nobody would want me because um, I was worthless anyway. My God, you found the pro- you found the power in the end, though, and the courage, didn't you? I did. I did. Have you managed to build up your self esteem again and your your sense of worth? Oh, you know, because you're not so you're not useless. You're not worthless. Oh well, you try and tell the person in the mi- that looks back in the mirror to you that um, sometimes it does get you get to you. Um, there would be a lot of fear associated with even his name. It doesn't make a difference, even if it's someone else with the same name. It sends a shiver up my spine because of the fear that is associated with this person. Yeah, but at the same time, do you ever look at how strong a person you were and where you're at now? I mean, look in the mirror and and say better things about yourself. You know, that I had 10 terrible years there behind me. I had the strength to find a way out. I fought back um, and and now I need to put it in the past and move on with them. I know it's difficult, of course. I know it is. Yeah. It is, it is, and it is. It, it's it's horrific to think that this can happen, that this does happen, and he will continue to do this to the next person. And did and you he, did you then open up and tell family and friends? I'm wondering. Eventually, eventually, because I was a, I wasn't the same Laura that I was coming away from that. And I had, was. Had any of them known any or seen signs? Not, no. No, because I hid it so well. I hid it so well, Neil. Uh, I was like, um, I was like someone that I could have been given an um, um, an Oscar mm. for my performance. I because I just kept it that no one would know the shame, the the embarrassment, the absolute. How could I tell Horror. anybody yeah. that somebody that did this to me, and. Um, out of that, I have a most beautiful daughter, but my God, was it hard got. I know, I know. So no birthdays to be happy about, no Christmases clearly must have been a hell. Um, even, hey, a, hey, you know, hey, hey. even a bill that because hit Because everything yeah. was got to do with bills. Everything had to do with money. Once he had money to go out, to go drinking, to go socialising with his friends, then it was okay with him. But what, that was it didn't make a difference what Laura was going to do at home. It yeah. didn't make a difference what where anything came. It didn't. It was all. And then to see the difference from into Flora Rose's coming one year to being demoralised, um, dejected, rejected, and feeling like the absolute dirt on your shoe. I know. That's I know. what I ended up so for Valentine's. So I know. As I say, yeah. I know. So, you know, by, by, by talking about this, is it also not just to share yes. your own story, but to give people the yes. courage also to yes. get out? That is what I'm trying to do, that if, if, if there's anybody out there, that if there's anyone that relates to one part, identifies to one sentence in my story and knows it's not right, please, for the love of God, get the hell out of there because there's no good ending to it. I know. There's not... And can I ask There's you, did not. you did, did you subsequently find happiness, fall in love? Do you have anyone in your life? 
not at the moment, but okay. that's okay. I don't mind that. Yeah. I did find someone, but that it's just um, okay. circumstances and stuff like that. But that's okay with me. Yeah. But what I didn't ever want is to relive. But when people, when you entrust your trust with somebody to throw that back to you and use it as ammunition on a daily basis to grind you down to nothing. I know, I know. Thank God you're out of it, girl. And that's all I can say, isn't it true? And that hopefully things will improve and continue to improve in the years to come. May you have a long, happy life. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for taking the call. No bother. It's very interesting, actually, if you just stay with the conversation Uh, with Laura and you look at the fact that there were no early warning signs Uh, in fact the the relationship started with you know flowers and then rapidly went into decline we use terms like coercive control which actually okay coercive control it's the term that's used but it it, they're much stronger um, labels that could be put on say her life history or others that I've spoken in the past like the mental torture or the it's brutality, really. It's it, it's just abuse. And again, you wonder then also as to if you look at him, that individual, that controlling man, right, down to the minuscule act of splitting bills or taking off sanitary products off a bill and, you know, everything had to be divided down there and all he wanted to do was make sure that he had enough money for drinking and, and what have you. But what was his, say, for instance, what was his childhood like? I mean, what were his parents like? Um, and... Is he the kind of person that he is because of the way that he was reared? You know, all these kind of questions. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, busy morning this morning. Uh, No child is bad from the beginning. They only imitate their atmosphere. Uh, It's an interesting text if you were to stop and think about that for a while. I mean, you don't want to be creating uh, an atmosphere of terror in the home where children are living in terror of a parent or other. But just with regards to, say, for instance, my conversation with Laura and her partner's control of her and the hell that she was in for 10 years. Did he, learn, did he learn that in the home? I mean, would it have been a case that maybe his own father was like that and he saw his father treating his mother like that and felt that this was the way to behave? Anyway, we'll pick it up after 11. You can pick up the phone 0818104106 or if you have a story to share, you can always email neil at redfm.ie. And if you're not interested in email and you want to get in touch with me by post, that's very simple as well. It's simply uh, just me uh, at uh, Cork's Red FM, Curraheen in Cork. And I'll get it. Back after 11. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show Yes, from an email that started with Siobhan from Apple uh, last week Just listening to your email from Siobhan This is the Apple staff who are just absolutely fed up and angry and really disappointed at the amount of animal abuse that they witness on a daily basis while going to to and from and indeed looking out the windows from work I live in Glen Heights Road and the same thing is happening in this area Horses are up and down the road ridden by young kids no more than 6 years old I ring the guards constantly, nothing is done about it. It's a disgrace that this is allowed to happen. The abuse we witness on a daily basis is shocking. Something needs to be done about it. I often think about that. Would people prefer the guards to be chasing down criminals or trying to catch burglars or trying to catch people
people who are beating each other up or domestic abuse situations where people are living in fear of the home? Or they, do they want them chasing down kids on horseback? I, I just wonder about that. Your thoughts are welcome. Uh, I'm here to outline and draw attention to the ongoing animal cruelty going on in the north side of the city. Let it be a horse, a dog or any manner, any animal for that matter, to be treated with such a lack of dignity and basic respect. And the fact that it's left ongoing year in, year out, even though it's a well-known problem. How all of this in this day and age is still going on is appalling. I've seen all this disgusting behavior happen with my own eyes. And I'm sure the Gardaí are fully aware. But what do they do? Stand back and watch. Aren't we lucky to have my lovely horse rescue uh, to outline these horrific events on your program? The work that they do is amazing. Something needs to be done. Are we all going to stand back and watch these poor defenseless animals continually treated this way? And one or two more, the neglect and abuse of these horses and ponies has been ongoing. With no one taking ownership, the council have a lot to answer for on this. And the blame is being passed from one party to the next. But the animals deserve so much more. As a society, we should be ashamed we let this happen to them. Uh, There's an awful lot of animal cruelty and antisocial behaviour right across. Well... This texture claims Nahini. I have doctor's letters in regards to the trauma it's causing me and my two children living in the area with animal cruelty and general antisocial behaviour. Uh, the guards don't want to do anything about it. Local residents here are living in fear. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Uh, we also discussed... Um, the incoming refugees who are being housed and homed in Ireland and indeed in on Leaside. And many hotels now um, are flipping to refugees and, and calling and cancelling bookings and weddings and, and issues like that. Many more of them. And not, not just here, actually. You know, not just here. Not just West Cork or North Cork or East Cork or the city or suburbs, but also in many other counties around the country. I know of hotels down around South Kerry that have also flipped to refugees. Not all of them 100% exclusively. Some, yes. Uh, others have a kind of a blended mix of guests who have, you know, holidays or staying overnights or weddings and refugees. Uh, and I know that to be the case, say, for instance, in areas like uh, Carsevine. Listening to your show, I've been listening to the discussions regarding the refugee crisis and the pledges householders have made and supposedly withdrawn. I am a householder. I made a pledge back in March to give a room in my house to a refugee family. I've got a few emails from the Red Cross just to confirm this. Also, I've had one phone call a week uh, ago from an army person working alongside the Red Cross just to confirm that the accommodation is still available. I think what might be happening is the more time people have to think about taking in refugees to the home, the more they're thinking about the possible negative impact of it. I see even the Minister for Justice who pledged a room in her home is now thinking that it's not such a good idea because where she lives is very rural and she and her husband are out of work all day. Oh, by the way, I've heard, I haven't heard any more yet regarding any refugees being placed in my home. And that's in spite of the fact that a pledge was made by Jan back in March. Now, one of the interesting updates to this this morning is that um, the uh, government has now asked all local authorities, city and county councils, to get in touch with them uh, and give them a list of vacant social housing that they may have on their books. Now, this has happened in the past. This is nothing new because we always hear of, you know, vacant social houses being, you know, turned over and all too slowly in many cases, but being uh, refurbed. And, um, and then led out to people who are in need of social housing. Um, but what's happening now is local authorities are being asked to submit the numbers of properties they have available in each area. These would be social housing units 
that are not actually lived in at the moment. So the government wants a list of those in each area and they also want details from the local authorities about the extent of the work that needs to be done on each property. Yeah, And then on that basis, uh, they are putting together a, a new group, a new working group, to turn those houses around ASAP and to put Ukrainian refugees into them. So that that's where we're at in that. I have no particular issue with that, uh, apart from the fact that, uh, because of the fact that, uh, you know, I have a home to live in. There are others listening to this who do not, or they may well be on housing lists for a long, long time, and they're wondering, oh my God, why couldn't have this been done all along? Why did it take a crisis of this magnitude with people coming in, needing homes, to actually get social houses that have been boarded up or left in a decrepit state refurbed and given out to the public. Um, and they might be very angry to know that now they will be perhaps given to uh, to refugees as opposed to the Irish. What do you think of McEntee's statement about the government, um, if possible, forcing people or businesses to give up their properties or force people to open their homes to refugees? I never heard that statement. The only thing I heard from uh, Helen McEntee recently was that she was rethinking her own um, offer of a home or a room to a family. I don't think anybody anywhere could force somebody to open up their homes to anybody. With regards to the hotels, if if that man had a booking and paid a deposit, then the hotel must be legally bound to find him a new venue for his wedding. He should take legal action against the hotel for the cost of the invites, the upset to guests, the sourcing of a new venue, the cars, the videos everything that will have to be rebooked at a different date and he will lose deposits. You cannot do this to a bride and groom. There's no way a hotel will let that go to court. He should also contact the Hotel Federation of Ireland if hotels are willing to do this to their guests and brides and grooms. Then it just shows you that the way that they must be treating their staff. Is it any wonder hotels can't get chefs or staff? It's all about the money, like 85% profit on hotel rooms. Well, Chap on the air on Friday was saying, do not ever think that it's anything more than profit and greed. That hotels are flipping to do this because there's more money in it. You can text 0868104106 back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 <laughs> Red FM. We're Geraldine for your support of my weather forecasting. She says, not to worry, the sun has certainly hit us down here in y'all. The sun is blasting away. I'm here in my bikini out the back garden and it feels like Palmanova. Well, she didn't send me a... <laughs> She didn't send me a photograph of herself in her bikini, but she sent me a photograph of a beautiful back garden. That's a garden to be proud of and a beautifully mowed lawn. So I hope that, I'm hoping that that sunshine is heading from east to west and at some stage we'll all get to share it. So good for you on that. So the issue then of uh, social housing that's going to be put into this new uh, program that the government has put together. They, um, they figure there's about two and a half thousand vacant social homes. And they're going to accelerate getting those not onto the market, but to get them done up and sorted to accommodate uh, Ukrainian refugees. They did this recently where they, um, you know, brought back something like two and a half thousand um, vacant social homes and it cost 40 million then. So this will cost uh, another 40 million. So they're putting aside fresh funding now into the scheme to deliver more places for Ukrainian refugees. So that's that's what we're talking about, because by the uh, by the end of May, they figure there will be at least 33,000 uh, arriving uh, Ukrainian refugees who are either many of them here and many more to come. 
who will be looking for accommodation and it just won't be good enough to have dormitory style accommodation in community halls and sports halls rather than, you know, because, you know, hotels are pretty much full now um, and uh, guest houses that are going to take refugees probably have done so already. Certainly hotels have. So it's down to the public now in their homes and also, as I say, the uh, perhaps upwards of two and a half thousand vacant social homes that would be set aside for, that must come as an upset to people who are on waiting lists who are looking for a home themselves, but the government's budgeted two and a half billion in total, two and a half billion has been set aside to care for up to possibly 100,000 refugees. That's an incredible amount of money. And of course, there are those wondering, before there was ever a war in Ukraine or anything like this, why these kind of things weren't done all along, that two and a half billion could be found or two and a half thousand vacant social homes could be turned around and accelerated quickly. There was no will uh, at the time and therefore no way, but there does appear to be there does appear to be one now. Uh, just so that we're all aware, with international and online banking, Ukrainian refugees have not come to Ireland with only the clothes on their back. For the most part, they have access to their own bank accounts as well as Irish welfare payments. They have free housing, education and health care. There's a reason they bypassed the entirety of Europe and the UK to get here, by the way, says Richie. And I've just given you some of the reasons. It's very sad. There's been no long-term rentals in Yaw for a long time. And now we hear no short-term either. Everyone offers their homes to refugees, but we always forget about our own. There are over 100 Airbnbs in y'all, but not one long-term rental. Something has to change. Maybe could try the Mall Arts Centre in y'all to have a ceremony instead. I had man there and it was amazing. Uh, that's to the person who had their wedding cancelled by the Quality Hotel. The Catholic Church has thousands of empty beds. They have dozens of ex-boarding schools on their books, all empty. These, these hotels doing this should be ashamed of themselves. They seem to forget who helped them out through the COVID pandemic when we all did staycations at ridiculous prices. But we did it in support of the economy. It's sickening how the Irish have been, uh, been blinded again by greed. I won't comment on any of these because they'll be here all morning. Just we don't know the few. They will, they will be exempt from paying car tax. We are the biggest laughing stock. Martin is nothing more than an EU puppet. It's amazing the narrative in COVID has changed now due to war. The fact, that, the fact is Ireland, as Leo the Leak said, is no longer for Irish people. Uh, when did he say that? We've been open for immigrants now and we have over a million living here. The Irish identity will be gone in a few years. Uh, man, I just, I can never, I can never understand that kind of logic. You know, people are transient. They move around all the time. We all did. I did. Many people did. They get, went to other countries and worked there and what have you. Mind you, the pushback to that every time I say it is, yeah, but when we went out to other countries, we had to have money in our pocket and we had to have a job or else we weren't able to get in in the first place. Or indeed, if you didn't have money or a job, you got no help from nowhere, no one. And that was the big difference. Anyway, keep those texts coming. Text 0868-104-106. Now, um, very interesting because we were talking about um, issues involving... Let me let me see if I can walk you through this, just tying it into what we were dealing with last week. We were talking about the injection centre, the proposed injection centre, where it would be, and many people had points of view as to whether it was a good idea or a bad idea, or what have you. And then, of course, you talk of homelessness, homelessness, and you you talk of how you know it's all it's all very great to be magnanimous and helping people from all over the world and being very much inviting, but all too often we forget our own. And was that in mind, actually, that uh, Seamus took a call on Friday lunchtime from Lisa. And I believe that we spoke to Lisa sometime back on the show. Um, and we were speaking about addiction last week and homelessness and the need for the injection center, what have you. And then Lisa got in touch. Now, 
she's a user uh, and she spoke to us last March, um, which had been March 12 months. She was three months pregnant at the time uh, and we had a good chat. Um, I'm going to play a piece now because Seamus hooked up with Lisa Friday afternoon and also some acquaintances of hers downtown. And in the piece you're going to hear about at the, at the beginning, you hear Lisa ask a friend to hold on to a fiver for the morning. Um, but Seamus, in the conversation, witnessed a, a clear envelope with brown substance being exchanged between between the both of them. But I'm just explaining that as an intro because otherwise the first part of this won't make sense to you. But it's an interesting conversation with her and some other friends of hers down in the city on Friday afternoon. Hey, will you plant a fiver for me I'm clean five, six, six years. Uh, but I had to get out of the car. I had to get out of it. Like, do you know what I mean? It was too much uh, temptation in car. I went to Cool Mine. I graduated Cool Mine. I was four months in treatments, six months in residential. Then came back to Cork because I was homeless. Uh, Simon took me into a residential house, so I spent another six months there, all the while giving urines and that. Like, do you know what I mean? Do you know, like. Uh, got a CE scheme, got me one host. Uh, see, I couldn't bring my kids out to the Simon house because it was it, it was over 18. Whereas when I yeah. came back from treatment, I had to get a host. These are the drugs we are there, like, taking off. What just happened there now, Lisa? Do you see now what, what we're putting up with, like? Well, can you explain what happened there to me just now? Just someone looking for something that we didn't have to give. Simple as. And that's the attitude so, you get. That was when you... It's all about James, you know, and he's pointing him out. So, a bully. W- am I right in saying that he's a dealer, then? Not a dealer. But sure, he was demanding stuff off you. He, yeah, because he's not a dealer. He couldn't deal. He couldn't rob his own pockets. Don't sound yeah, so what, what what was that confrontation about? Coming up trying to bully us, looking for a fag of this and a fag of that. If we had a cigarette, we'd give it to him. But we don't. Because, like, yeah. one of your colleagues there told me he was a dealer. So, like, which is it? Quite the opposite. Good for nothing. All, he, all, all, he, all he's good for is going wrong. Bullying what? the homeless. Bullying, bullying the homeless fellas and taking their weed and... How are you doing since you spoke to us last March? Um, last March I got a place. And have you kept it? Of course. But I'm like I'm gone from a hundred people now a day down to myself, so that's hard as well. You know when you're going from You mean from the hostel, is it? Not even hostel, just in general. So all the people I sit with, like I, I go I'm after going literally from 80 to 100 people sitting a day talking to nearly 100 people a day just sitting by myself but look and that's a very lonely place is it? of course it is because I I know back in March you were well the end of March was April you were three months pregnant I had a handsome little boy and you were were still using at that stage yeah I'm going um, I'm I was drinking an awful lot back then as you know now I'm gone down to literally just not that much, but if I give it up so quick, you see, I'll end up getting the heart attack, and I don't feel the need to die at the moment. You have a lot to live and for. And you smile, especially. Yeah, you have a lot to live for with with, with the small fella. Uh, and he's not the only one. And the other, I, you, have, you, you have four other kids, yeah. Absolutely, you know. So look, I'm trying. And are you still using, or? 
Probably pharmaceuticals, I don't know. Hitler. 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 So you tell me now how strong that is to keep his soldiers going. Keep his soldiers going and sort of... It's strong. It's strong. Wide awake all night, all day, going, giving strength. And that's exactly who concocted methadone. Hitler. Isn't that crazy? So, are you gone cold, cold turkey totally? Off the methadone since um, when I had my little boy. I just stopped off the methadone. And what about the heroin? Have you gone back using it? Look, I won't lie. I might need something here and there. But not the needle, not... I'm, I'm, I'm actually so proud of myself. Would you believe that? I can honestly say I'm proud of myself. Three good friends of mine were murdered out here on the streets. Three men were convicted of that. Harmless men. Just like us. Yeah. Sometimes you have to fight, fight to survive out there. You have no choice. When you're getting kicked in the door, in the, when you're getting kicked in the, in the door, you have to survive it. I was up in the Supreme Court, I was. I was up in the top court in the land, like I was. Because I was innocent. Yeah, I was gave me charges for another man, like. Mistaken identity. Yeah, yeah, but they knew what me, like. It was proved in the circus, like. Well, I got 16 years, ran into six. Okay. And 18 months suspended. Okay. And when I got out then, like, they, 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 we got attacked again. In a doorway up by the super, and I defended the people. I didn't charge the man. Like, I got three out yeah. Okay. We're defending the homeless. And then you you were released last week. Or what was that feeling like? Back to the vicious circle again, like. And sir, can I say something? This man had to cover himself with a plastic bag last night. They would not give him a blanket, a cup of water. Where have you? Where are you sleeping now since last week? In the doorways. And is it tough? Well, like you have a decision to make. Like you get busy living and get busy dying. Like your life is on the line. You don't stand up for yourself. And then the, the girls put you back in jail. The judge puts you back in jail. And it's a circle you just can't get out of. Uh, it's horrible. It's, it's how bad my feet are from walking up. Oh, Jesus. They're and ulcerated. He's only, and he's only out a few days. Come on, Seamus. In the name of God, where is the logic in this system at all? We are all sympathise with Ukraine. Exactly. We didn't cause the war. We caused nothing. We got a wrong mark going on here to leave an innocent man commit suicide seven days a week. They're dying from a substance that have no hope left. Their job is to protect lives, not take lives. And they're not doing that? Obviously they're not. Like. And how are you doing for meals and...? There is no meals, nothing. 
I tell you something, this gentleman, he's not as long as James would be now, but he's old as well. He has to wait till 11, 12 o'clock at night to go in, and then he's thrown out in the morning at half seven. And his life is dead. Like, well, what's, what's, your, what's your story here then? My floor's still his money on. I got, out, I, I got out of prison in, in January. When I got out of prison in January, I um, I lost my home when I went to prison. And when I got out, I had no address. So when I got out of prison, I came straight to the streets. And since I came, since since, Jan, since January's just gone, it's just, it's awful. And honestly, it is like something because. And what were you doing in prison yourself? So I was in prison for uh, theft. Theft. Oh, was that to feed a drug habit? No, to feed myself food, food, to feed myself, to feed myself. That's all I was, you know what I mean? Because the homes, the, the runs and the homes. But they say the homeless runs and the assignment and that, like. There's so you me. came from a homeless family? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And a tragic family. I grew up in a. When I was a baby, I grew up in a, in a hall inside. My, my, uh, my, my dad was a traveller. My mother was a settled woman, you know what I mean? And, and my, mother, my, mother, my mother didn't want uh, didn't want that life for us, you know what I mean? And from living in trailers and that, like, and we were living in B&Bs and hotels for a couple of months then she, she couldn't she couldn't keep on paying paying the paying for the B&Bs and the hotels and stuff like that and eventually I just I just ended up on the streets you know what I mean it's just like like if someone asked me yeah, where, where's your home this, this is my home my home is on the streets you know what I mean it's, I just, no, 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 no. Just all, all, I'm, all I'm looking for is a, a, a roof over my head. You know what I mean? And just, just somewhere, a place where I can, where I can actually, where I can, where I can actually call home. Like you know what I mean? Somewhere where I feel, somewhere where I actually feel safe. Where, I, where I'm not living in the door and sleeping in the doorway and having to constantly look over my shoulder and you know, not getting, not getting sleep. And my one, and is there some, is there some? Is there, what sort of dangers are there for you? Right. Three homeless men were killed, right? I know every one of them, right? You're there 12 o'clock at night, right? One o'clock in the morning, right? Right? In a tent or in a derelict house. And a stranger comes in with a knife in his hand. And you're sleeping at that door and cut your throat. Right? So there you go, like. I just don't know what to say to that, to be honest. It's shocking. Well, well, let me tell you something what we should say. May God rest the tree, and when the families go to our graves as well, our own families, this is what the system is faulty. I knew Timmy. Yeah. Timmy was a great friend of mine. He was harmless. Yeah. Right? I knew that young one that was killed there by Adam O'Keefe. Right? A harmless woman, Amy. right? Amy, oh, right? And, and I know Frankie Dunn, a great friend of mine. Oh, now, let's go interview their families when they go to the grave. No one deserves a death sentence because they have no address. But the system gives them that sentence. They lock you up because you have no address. They leave you out and you still have no address. Seamus, this is what we're putting up with now, right? How can I go indoors 
as you, as you know, like, I just like, got like, like I'll put it this way, right? Right, right, right. How am I going to leave her on her own if she gets raped tonight? <laughs> I can't. But the girls come on and arrest me for public office as I got out of prison. Twice. So I have to be in the public. Y- yeah. You know what, Seamus, right? And I can actually vouch for that. I was sitting down here next to the bin. Look, I won't lie, I'm barred. That's okay. I was sitting on the ground there. No drink, no nothing, just above the bin, right? Yeah. Drinking cup soup and dipping a bit of plain bread into it. The guards came along, took out their handcuffs. Do you want to go that way? He says, come on, like, for, for what, like? You know what I mean? The woman is just trying to have something to eat. Yeah. Leave her alone. You know what I mean? That's the rasp we know that we're getting. How am I meant to go in if I got a house? Right? How am yeah. I meant to go in and know that my friends are out here, huh? They can't get a cup of water, a cup of tea, a blanket, only a plastic bag, and then the guard, it's a movie, then I have six. And look, is that even about the guards? It's about trying to get our own people safe. He deserves it. Look, what have he done 30 years ago? That is done. He paid his Paid your debt in society, yeah? Mary, yeah. Mary Lou MacDonald Sinn Féin, right? The president came down there and said they protect the people without an address. Well, there's three men in the grave. So how in the hell are they up in the dial? And people are getting murdered down here in broad daylight. Don't use our past. Don't use our second name. Don't use our tragedy, right? Yeah. Don't use our substance from our own previous past. Like, we could be raped when we were kids. Right? We could be molested. We could have had terrible tragedies, and God knows we didn't like it. We're just like every other human being, but we're all equal in this world. Like. But they use that as an excuse then, because your previous convictions, because you have an addiction. But there's nothing forward to stop it People are jumping in rivers every day of the week, because do you know why? There's no hope left there. Seamus, this is the reason I rang you this morning for this gentleman, right? Sleeping with a plastic bag. Not deserving a second chance. They wouldn't chance. give me even a sleeping bag down the last And a cup of water, am yeah, I right? They wouldn't give me a, a sleeping tea. bag. Nothing. And the girls then come on and walk us up at half five and arrest me twice as I got out for public order. For that Why reason, because you're sleeping in the door. Yeah, yeah. Simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Do you remember the old Simons? Have you John Street. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was raised, you know. But so you're, you're like himself, you came from homelessness as well, did yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. No. It saves myself. Listen, I, I know this gentleman years, and yeah. he's nothing been, he's nothing but been a gentleman to me, to be quite honest. Yeah. I'm actually nearly crying. I'm I can see about that. Sleeping. I know because you've gone through it yourself. I know. Was that that little? Do people know how long did this man keep me safe under his wing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You were saying that you're kind of dabbling, just keep yourself above water. I have keep no choice because... Keep yourself alive. Surviving. And are you, are you gone from the prostitution and everything now as well? 100% yeah. Yeah. I'm so proud of myself, you know, after methadone. Look, boys, it's like this, right? If I don't get money, but what am I, right, I, I give you one explanation. No, sorry, I, I'll actually, no, hang on, hang on. I'll, I'll actually give you an example. 
I was sitting outside uh, Paul Street begging there, only literally about six weeks ago, right? Yeah. Uh, and the rest two begging. Two two guards passed, right? Um get up Lisa. <coughs> Say sir, what you want me to do? Beg, steal or borrow. If I borrow, I possibly cannot pay it back when needed. If I beg, you're arresting me. If I rob, yeah, he said, do you know what, Lisa? Go away and do a big burglary for yourself and do a big robbery and then they get rid of you for years. That's their attitude. They just want to slap us. So I'm only asking for help. The fault is in the system itself. Yeah. And it's a tragic fault. Many families are going to graze over that fault. Brother to brother, back to back, side by side. We'll always die together. Bad boys for life. We will always ride in the same train together. We will always die on the same train together. Bad boys for life, always and forever. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. Picked up on one of the lines there from one of the chaps in Seamus's report there who said, uh, you know, that people would look upon those um, that might be down and out or suffering addiction problems and we see them amongst us. He says, we could have terrible tragedies in our lives and God knows we did. He spoke of the domestic abuse. He could have, he also spoke about... Um, uh, rape uh, or issues in the home or in the in their youth. Uh, we could have terrible tragedies in our lives and God knows we did. Uh, text 0868104106 and that and everything else that we've been dealing with on a, a daily basis and God knows there are many, many texts to comments that uh, I haven't got to but the homeless still freeze and sleep on our streets and we find that fine. Uh, we'd rather spend our time. I'm, I'm actually, I'm uncomfortable really a lot of the time with the with the very negative perspective that people have with regards to helping people coming from a war torn country, just on a personal level myself. But, you know, I, I still like to read as many different people's opinions as possible. Uh, we'd rather spend our tax money on people from a country that hasn't done anything for Ireland. Um, and, and I get to thinking, well, why, like, why should that qualify us for anything or, you know... Should we only give to those that give to us? Like, where's the logic in that? Like, you know, I'll never give you a gift because you won't give me one back kind of a thing. Um, I know I'm going to be harsh and I understand helping someone, but not at the expense of your own people. I'm curious as to what mad grants these hotels are getting for helping and what the schools will get next to prioritize people from Ukraine rather than Irish children. Oh, and I forget, if you're waiting for social housing for your family, it isn't that big a deal. You'll just have to wait an extra perhaps three years, because random people from a different country are more important than citizens that actually pay tax and were born and reared here. So it's very interesting. It's really interesting you see, say, RTE leading with a big story online this morning and the big banner headline for RTE to be posting it. Vacant social homes to be used to house refugees. And I see this morning people are are contacting me saying, how come this could not have been done all along? Was there no will to do this all along? To fast track um, and to be an order to come from central government to local councils. Tell us how many homes now you have that are um, not habitable and how long it will take you to get them habitable because we want them because we're under pressure to home, home refugees. That That's pretty much the size of it, I believe. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. Uh, what's your read on that? About the housing? Yeah, that there was never a will or a way. Now they've come up with a new task force now that is going to get all social, all councils, city and county councils, 
to give a list to this new task force of how many social houses are vacant, what's wrong with them, and how quickly would it take to turn them around? Lack, lack of will by central government. Just didn't care. <coughs> yeah, but there's, yeah, but there's um, 6,738 households across Cork. Uh, in need yeah. of social housing on a housing list now at the moment. Nearly 7,000 yeah. families. And, and, and uh, now that we have uh, people flooding into the country, when I can understand they're coming from, uh, from uh, a, a war situation and they're more than welcome. But <clears throat> uh, if the councils and the central government are going to be uh, providing money in housing, uh, it, the, the Irish are going to get kicked back further down the, um, the, the, the line which is like the same thing you'll see going on in hotels at the moment because people who had weddings booked uh, and had rooms booked for uh, guests coming, they were just cancelled at, at the flick of a rest. Yeah, and, and I it. understand maybe a 21st or a 40th or even a wedding, but um, that, and that's important to each and every person who's been cancelled. But uh, 7,000 people, 7, people on a, on a housing list and now central government can find mm-hmm. the money to repair them, yeah, but, refurb them. But, yeah, but you see, all we have is a committee above, above Kildare Street that are doing as they're told by their masters in Brussels. It's as simple as that. You, you can you could gloss over it as much as you want. There's a very well-paid committee running this country. And it, it proved it in the election when the people who couldn't get a vote to, to, to represent the people on uh, the 5th and the 7th count uh, decided they'd sit down together and hold hands and they'd form a government between them. Mm. Mm. You know, so like, and, and and they're overpaid, and they have no grasp on reality. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know that that that'll be happening anyway at any given time. But but right uh, now, local authorities being yeah, asked but, to submit yeah, the number yeah, of properties you have yeah, and the work that needs now. to be doing because we now have the budget we, to get the work done. We, yeah, but we're we're now going out on the limb, and we're 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 a long way out on the limb. To support people who are trying to uh, to support to to, to uh, protect uh, their own identity in their own country from Russian aggression, yet Michal Martin stood up in the dial in January of 2020 and he turned around and he said nationalism in Ireland was old-fashioned, old-thinking and should be forgot about. So it's okay for to support people who want to protect the nationalism of their own country and their own identity, but we should put ours under the carpet, is it? Don't know about that, but what I do know is that Timmy Lombard, the senator, last month stood up and said that there are 9,000 vacant homes across Cork County. 9,000. 1,500 of the 9,000 are completely and utterly derelict. And all of a sudden now, they've come up with a new repair and refurbishment scheme where they can now find the money. I mean, that's an incredible amount of vacant properties. 9,000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what you'll see now is houses that are after being built and that there's nobody in yet. They've been built and they're in several areas around the city. They'll be sold in a block to the county council by central uh, funds. Don't know. And it, will, and, and it will price every young person or any couple in, in Ireland or in Cork that's trying to buy a house. They'll, they'll freeze them out of the market because you can't, you can't compete with 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 uh, funds from a government, it's, it, you just can't do it. Okay, but uh, I don't mean to be stoking any fire here. But d- d- does it not mean that what's going to happen now is that people on waiting lists 
waiting for a home, hoping to get a home, yeah. moving up through the, you know, the, the, the waiting list period. In some cases, yeah. it could be 8, 10, 12, 13 years. Um, yeah. Will now be pushed back again because so they will. refugees they, 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 will go oh, to, I even hate saying they, these words, will go to the top of the queue. Oh, 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 oh absolutely. It, it's, been, it's been done already. No, I am, I'm not aware uh, from people I've been speaking to that Ukrainians have an idea what's going on in this country as far as the housing is concerned. Because I've spoken to uh, one or two of them who, who found it obscene that Irish people were being uh, put to the back of the class uh, and, and forgot about, uh, even though the, the, from their own country that was being housed. They, they don't know what's going on. So it took a foreign war for this new committee yeah, or this what? new task yeah. force to be put together to once and for all turn around all of the vacant empty properties that are owned by the state, Cork City Council, Cork mm-hmm. County Council, an example, yeah. and to get them habitable again quickly. But you listen, you know yourself, you can't get an answer from Cork, County, uh, the Cork City Council about anything. 60,000 families are, are qualifying mm-hmm. for social housing across the country. Yeah. 60,000. And the list is like a yo-yo string. It goes up and it goes down and, uh, and the string could break and you could be forgotable. Not good enough. No, the, well, it, well, at the least after wh- the refugees go home, we could have upwards of 9,000 more homes in Cork that will but, be given out yeah. to people and refurbed. Yes, but hold on a while now. You've seen the state of the cities after what the Russians have done to us. How long do you think it's going to take to rebuild? Well, whenever it takes, whenever it takes. At least we can yeah, thank yeah, them for so, getting our vacant homes habitable again. Yeah, right. No, uh, some won't go home because they'll have, they have, no, they'll have nothing to go back to, uh, which, which is fine as well, provided that, uh, look, you, you can't have charity starting outside the country when it's not being bowled out in your own country. Charity being, begins at home. And, and and anybody will tell you that you can Charlie only works because you can give many many uh, countries any, around uh, the world uh, yeah. took the Irish in times yeah. of need. Uh, uh, hold on a while now. I went to countries need. I paid I paid my rent and and I had to find my own digs and the whole lot and everything. And I got what I worked for. There was <laughs> there was <laughs> there was no kid meal of fault in some of the places that I went to buy. You, you, you got your tools out of your suitcase by and you went to work. Mm. And if you didn't, you went mm. hungry. Mm. But they, you know? but but you were welcome in the country in spite of everything else. You had to work for sure, but you were welcome well, yeah. to give it a well, new start. Yeah. yeah. No, I listen. I can understand fully. People are running from from uh, a, a, a maniac that's trying to kill them. That's understand. That's understandable. But to see, the problem is not the Ukrainians, Andy. The problem is our government and our own people who are elected to take care of the people. But that's the point yeah. I'm making. I'm not having any go at all whatsoever on yeah, anybody but, coming but in. The, the problem is, why is there now a will to turn around vacant or even derelict homes owned by the state to get them refurbed and habitable again now? But you see, but but you it couldn't see, have been problem, done all along. The, the problem is, to see, it will be honed in on top of the people coming in instead of laying the blame where it is. It's as simple as that, because it's an awful lot easier to attack the individual than attack the government. The people should be out in the streets. They should be above and kill their street. The country should be shut down. We haven't, we've had a national crisis in this country going back as far as 2007, when, when the shit hit the fan, when we bailed out the whole world. And, 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 and it was just, it was just look, <laughs> the people were told, grin and bear it. Hang on there a second. Dan, jump in there. Go ahead. Uh, good morning, Neil. 
a lot of a lot of that team is actually even talking about is true, right? Are the council and the local authorities all over the country now going to spend going to spend eighteen months and two years? And you were told that on your show yourself that how long it would take to do up vacant houses? Are they going to speed all that up now? Oh, oh it, I'd, I'd say it'll be a lot faster than whatever average time it took here to four. It took years, of course. And yeah. and you know something? Because, don't because a lot of them are boarded up and they're perfectly fine. They're just boarded up. Yeah, of course up. they are. Yeah. So I remember hearing on uh, some show there, it was, I, I think it was RT television, and I don't watch that very often now. And there was a Charlie crowd doing up Carol's house. And the uh, journalist asked the Charlie spokesman, how long would it take to up the house? Three months. Three yeah. months, a small little house, and where are they going to find the people and the trades and the construction of course. to do it? How, and, and don't, don't, I don't know, Neil, but don't you know what saving us in the house? Some bit of stuff is all the uh, the like the threshold and the housing agency. You see the paper Saturday threshold saved one thousand one hundred and sixty six household evictions in three months of this year. Do you think people should be freaking out at the news that vacant social homes are to be brought into the use into use as part of a range of measures to find places for refugees? Yeah, look, why not look those those people not talking about the refugees. I'm talking yeah. about vacant social homes now uh, are going to be uh, brought back to habitable con- habitable condition when they weren't done in the past. No, Neil, they do not care about. Certain classes. Why, why don't they? Why don't? What do they care about then? Did did I tell them what they care about? Their 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 salary and pension. You you took the word. Did <laughs> they care about their own little back pocket and their checkbooks and and gone gone But you know, if they cared the about salary and pension, then they would be good and have the Irish citizens' that. needs. At the top of their yeah, mind yeah, all yeah. of the time. Yeah, but hold on a while now. Will the salary and pension just rolls in the door without you having to do, having to take yeah. any responsibility? Uh, that's the perfect situation. And so also, added, I see so, also so added to this fact that they were also they're also contemplating passing emergency powers, where planning and procurement requirements can be yeah, exempted sorry. to yeah. speed up the and, delivery. And, of and Neil, Neil, did you look at the cost of those houses then? See, I don't know. They could be old. I don't know when they were built. I don't know. I'm just only saying if they're no planning and if they're bypassing fast building houses, those houses are over 400, maybe nearly 500,000 yeah. euros each. And and who can afford that? That's well, the problem. Well, 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 let me put it to like the middle class and the working class and all. They're social homes. Them. No, they're not private yeah. homes. They're social homes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But you, but you, you, you are right. The social homes that are being built now are upwards of three fifty, four hundred thousand for. They are, they are. And listen, people, look, people should be think of all those, those like the threshold and all these housing agencies. And the government are actually putting the, the government are calculating all those houses into what they build, and ho- and That's correct. the homes pe- yeah. they do. That's no. correct. Yeah, they're, they're 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 part of the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. 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 So the figures that you're getting on massage, yeah. Now we get some exactly. more calls. And, 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 and Neil, I, Neil, I wanted to bring up something, which, you know, while we're on the air. All right, thank you, Dan. Go ahead, Love, Jeff. Finish right. up, John, yeah. Who, de- uh, who decided to, to set aside the, the rules about bringing animals into the country? <laughs> Come on, give me a break. Well, no, no, somebody bring, the, somebody bring their dog. What's no, the problem? No, no, like? 
very important now, Neil, there's rabies in Eastern Europe. And our quarantine rules now have all been forgot about. How now, do you know that? How do you I, know that? How do you know that quarantine or medical sure checks aren't the, conducted on the dogs? They're, they're bringing the dogs in with them under their arm and, and whatever. And if you bring a dog into a country, it has to go into a quarantine. I, I remember when I was uh, importing a dog, I had to get blood tests, a passport and everything, and that was for the dog. It would have been cheaper for me to immigrate and live with the dog. <laughs> Are you saying... No, the, <laughs> Okay, no, I just, okay. No, no, no there no, is a serious time. You're saying that the dogs that are coming in with the fleeing refugees could have rabies. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, yeah. We don't know for sure. And if we get an outbreak of rabies in this country, Borna gone and, and the, all the greyhound industry will be wiped out. Okay, I never thought about this. So, I mean, who checked that? Department of Agriculture or something like that? Oh, well, just supposed to. Just du- a poster. Well, it's like Dublin Airport or Shannon Airport or whatever the yeah, case may be. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. You, I tell you what, no, you you go up and lie there and you find out about bringing a dog into the country for breeding, and find out the jigs and the reels that you can you must go through. I know because I I, I tried it years ago. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I didn't look at it from that perspective. Actually, I just thought, well, dog is a family member, and why would you leave the dog behind yeah. or a oh, cat? For that I, Absolutely, but why wasn't there some uh, thing put in place for the animals to be housed at such time as we were sure that the dogs were healthy? Okay, all right. Thank you as always, John. Thank you, Dan. You pick up the phone yourself. Call 0818-104-106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. That's some figure, isn't it? 9,000 vacant homes across Cork County at the end of 2021. This is not... Um, actually, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll take a call and come back to some texts and some letters that are received over the past couple of days. James, you wanted to clarify a text, was it James? Uh, quote, Niall. A quote, yeah, sorry, yeah, because I don't, I don't want to misquote you, so go ahead. Yeah. No, no, uh, he, he just confirmed what I was, wasn't sure whether I had heard or not. Helen McIntyre made a comment last week that she would encourage people to vacate their houses or make them available. And she, I'm not sure the exact words, would hope not to go down the road of a compulsory acquisition. That is an outrageous statement. Um, let me let me just drill into that because she said, here was what I thought she said. Every option was being explored. She said, we want to encourage people to come forward, not to force anybody to have to give up their property or accommodation. No, um, what I read was a, a, a compulsory acquisition were, were, the, were the two words. A compulsory I, I acquisition of what, though? Of, of, uh, right to the house. A vacant property that you might own, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's what it's, uh, as, as I read it, that's what it seemed. Like, I mean, this is, and one other point, I know you're nearly finished. No, no, you're, you're because that's a, that's fairly heavy-handed. Well, that's what I, I thought, I thought it was unbelievable. Like, I mean, I thought it was unbelievable. Like, I mean, you're looking at what happened in America years ago, or Northern Ireland years ago, or places like that. that like, I mean, they were pretty, that was pretty well the bones of it. Now, maybe even a throwaway comment, but that had to be, have been discussed at some stage at a parliamentary meeting, that option. Yeah, yeah. What was the headline? Just the headline of the article there. It says, Justice Minister's no cap on Ukrainian refugees arriving despite accommodation challenges. And then Michal Martin came out at the weekend and said the same, that there will be no cap. There will be no limit. We've got about 25,000 here and they are setting aside two and a half billion for upwards of 100,000. Are you, are you in agreement with that? Well, like, I mean, they've decided. 
It's not just matter whether we're in agreement or not. Like, I mean, they're going. They're talking about increasing the population. The, the bottom line seems to be that they want to increase the population of the country. And then she now, went on to say that um, the government will avoid, if possible, forcing people or businesses to give up their property or open their homes boom. to refugees. Boom, 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 boom. What does that mean? Like, I mean, that is outrageous language. Yeah. This is allegedly a democracy, allegedly. Yeah, we want that to encourage people to come forward, not force anybody to have to give up their property or accommodation. What property or what accommodation? Are they talking about a second home, a holiday home? What? I like? that's what it was. It belonged to other people. It was either a holiday home, a second home, a rented property that might be empty or, or, empty or whatever. So is she that's saying that if she, doesn't get put, if she doesn't get cooperation with people who have a holiday home, that they will take it from them. Well, that seemed to be the innuendo there. That seemed to be the threat, the veiled threat. But yet she's the one who said, well, I was going to take refugees, but I'm not now because my home is too rural. <laughs> That's nonsense. It's too harsh, sir. That's what it no, is. No, no, it's she never, no. She never. No. Let's be fair to the moment. She never said. She said that it's isolated. They'd be alone all day. They wouldn't have the services and the backup where she lives. Apparently, in County exactly Meath. where I live. Exactly where I live. That's exactly where I live. Yeah. Like so, what's the difference? I mean, I'm sorry. I. You know, it's a terrible situation. All the rest. There's a lot to scrape under the surface on that whole operation. An awful lot. Well, they've clearly run out of the likes of the mill streets and the hotels and the guest houses. There are many people who said they'll take people into their homes who haven't been contacted back. And now they're threatening people to come forward voluntarily or we'll take your property from you. Is that your reading of it? No, I mean, when I read those words, it's a kind of a veiled threat. <laughs> Isn't it? Well, it was discussed, obviously, at some stage at a government meeting, I think, because that doesn't fall out of the sky as you're doing an interview with the press or the media. All right. Okay. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Happy to give you an opportunity to clarify. Text 0868104106. We pick it up in the morning. You can always write to Neil at uh, Red FM Curraheen here in Cork or indeed text 0868104106. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.